Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at waterwaydeshow at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome to Watery <laughs> Desho, ladies, gentlemen, and envies. Uh, I let the music play a little bit longer this week because, uh, well, I hadn't pulled up chat yet is one of the reasons. So I was scrambling to pull up chat. Hello, chat. Uh, <laughs> and then I was um, just enjoying the music a lot as Vorgalia is recounted in chat. Um, <laughs> I'm the Subtle Doctor. This is Watery Desho. Uh, this is our Stream of Thought YouTube series. Uh, this is season four of that, in which we're looking at episode six of The Promised Neverland. Anime. Name three one one zero four five. You know, subparagraph section C, you know, Cypher 95. You get the idea, you know. <laughs> if you're listening to this yeah. as a podcast, the first voice you just heard was uh, the uh, the bearded one. The uh, the mighty oak of the Warrior Desho Forest. From across the pond. We only call him the bearded one. He once came down to our village. He's haunted and pillaged. Potion seller. must find a hero to destroy I, the bearded one. I'm, I'm just more upset that no women have ever called me the mighty oak, but maybe there's still time for that. Potion seller, I'm about to go into battle. <laughs> 
I require mm-hmm. strong potions. Oh, God. Can I just ask you a question, Doc? Like, you, because you said about voices, then I feel that this is a great segue to something I wanted to just very quickly bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, you retweeted something before, which I believe might have been, you know, erstwhile YouTuber phenomenon, uh, <laughs> Digibro screaming about JoJo's <laughs> over JoJo's footage. Was that actually his voice, if I may ask? Is that actually um, what he sounds like? So, okay. Uh, oh my I, god, do we get the big scoop on this guy's voice? Man. Okay, please. Exclusive I, information. I can't Give bl- it to me. I'm, I kind of can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, I'm, Hello, I'm please dro- shit talk one of your friends on no, stream. Well, so, did I would not say did you bro and I are friends. We've conversed. I don't know who that is. We've I'm conversed sorry. in comments before, but I don't even know if he knows who I am. Um, okay, yeah. so now that you said you're not friends, he's super disappointed. He fucking sucks. No. Oh um, <laughs> so Digi like is a very popular anatuber, which is short for anime YouTuber in English. And, Translator's note. Right, and so yeah, that he like that is his real voice, by the way. Should I? So this is just him in one of his like. Sort of, I don't know. He's one of those YouTubers that makes content almost every day, and so he's just like mm, kind of content always. Yeah, content, right? The the quality over quantity approach. Um, uh, do, do you mean the other way around? Quantity uh, yes, over quality. Yes, God damn it! I mean the quantity over quality. High praise for Digibro ninety something. Well, oh. the reason I the reason I ask is because I I've never heard this episode sponsored before. by Digibro ninety something. It won't be after I say this particular comment because I just want to point out to him. Um, like, I didn't realize that someone could make a career sounding like Conan O'Brien if he just had a mousetrap dropped on his dick, but, well, here we are. He doesn't that usually... That was yeah. awful. It, it was really bad. That was a bad video. Like, not to... I don't want to sound like I'm being a defender of his, because I actually haven't really enjoyed much of his content, um, in a while. He... I won't say he's never made good videos, like, but... Anyway, he doesn't he's usually... He's, he's not usually... He's not usually screeching, like... He was just doing a thing, and Jesus, though <laughs> I, I, I listened to that on my headphones as walking home, and I just <laughs> the video that I reposted. Someone did a genius thing, like yeah. of making it as if it was like what a telephone call to another character in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure who just looked tired and hung up on him. That yeah. made me I mean, very happy. I, I mean, I take it you all here have seen Tom and Jerry at some point. Do you remember the noise that Tom <laughs> makes when he gets a mallet dropped on his foot? <laughs> That's what he sounded like, just if yeah. he actually oh sounds speaky words. I'm like, yeah. dude, uh, you can do better. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe he's practicing. I mean, I'm practicing. But, Doc. He's please. failing. Oh, my God. Doc, uh, um, speaking of your, your horrible retweets. Okay. Oh, am I am I being given the finger? No, am no, no, no. I was no, no. I was going to say something else, but like, no, I I was stopping. Oh there. no, no. Please, please, please go for it. Please go for it. I was just gonna say the for those on the podcast, the other voice you're hearing is the first lady of Watery Death Show, the Dark Web herself, Orgelia. Welcome, Orgelia. Oh my God, hello, hello. Uh, if you're hearing this as a podcast, um, you won't see the huge, like, just injustice that's being done to me. I'm relegated to the gremlin corner at the bottom right. Right now, so that's my position. No, this is not the gremlin. I am corner. now in the gremlin corner. This is the the cool kids corner of the screen. What are you talking the, about? The, the, tri- the triple C. Yep. 
the, the C3. Hey, C, let's go. C, C cubed. Uh, or C, have C, some C. 420 in the C3. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I, whatever the ch- children do these days. But, Doc, you had a very interesting retweet oh. uh, about Die Buster. You have anything to say? <laughs> you have anything to say about yourself? Uh, just that, you know, Mark from Oh No, no Anime up. Ad for Millionaire has great taste. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I hate you. No I, hate both of you. I, did, I haven't done anything. Why are you, why are you having to go with me first? You. Me and Mark. No, no. Him and Mark. Yeah. Shout outs to oh. Mark. We're going oh, to we'll be on a podcast. We'll be on a podcast together at some point soon, he and I. But yeah. yeah I'm not going to be there. No. <laughs> not invited. If I'm invited, <laughs> I'm uninvited. Forgalia, noted Die Buster uh, hater. <laughs> and. Uh, Hater of good things, we'll just say. We'll just leave it at that. Die Buster killed my family. <laughs> Are you going to avenge yourself on it? <laughs> Trading in the mountains for many years at a time to Man, punch a DVD in the face. That was a heated podcast. At times. At times. Yeah, the Buster cast. We all loved Gunbuster, but we were divided on Die Buster. I, I was... <sighs> Yeah, Shadon was like, for once, for once in your goddamn life, Shadon, you were like, warm in the middle. It was a fucking Big Mac. What more? Well, actually, no, that's, that's too low. That's too low. I could do better than that. It was a uh, Wendy's. I don't fucking know. How dare you? Like, like, I'm on the right side now. of the screen, Doc is on the left side of the screen, and then Shadon is like behind the versus sign in the middle, mm-hmm. kind of shrugging. No, Basically. we've got true. We've got lawful good, chaotic evil, and true neutral. Who's chaotic evil? Uh, hmm. Okay, I mean, you know, even on this, <laughs> on this, on this, like, probably me. On this video class. here, I'm on the bottom right, which is where chaotic chaotic evil is. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, very strategic placement. Uh, I will see. <laughs> yeah, very intentional. Like. I would, according to fandom opinion, I would probably be considered like the evil because I think the consensus is that Gunbuster is like this amazing triumph and Diebuster was a kind of a disappointment. Um, follow up. I'm the one that no one talks to at parties about. It because there with like the it's all right. This is okay, but this is not about this is not about the superior works of of Gynax. This is about the promised Neverland. And this is about episode six, uh, number something. Um, the Halloween special, as it turns out. <laughs> right. Before we get yeah, there, though. first October. Before we, we talk about episode six, Shadon is going to uh, tell us about the, the um, from episode five. Twitter polls. Coming right up. So... Episode 5, we had two polls last time. The first one of which is, which is the best Ray face? And the first one was, I'm not the tracer. And the other one was, I'm the traitor! <laughs> like that. Oh my god! Maybe that's, a, that's a very poor impression of it, I freely admit. Uh, anyway, the results, we got... The evil face. This was a landslide. Uh, okay. This was a landslide that killed an entire village, as a matter of fact, <laughs> because it was, a, it was 100% in favour of, I am the traitor. So, there you go. Um, 
And then we had... It hurts to be on the wrong side of history sometimes. (laughs) Jesus, you're right. Um, Anyway, next poll. Uh, Would you ever disobey Emma? And we had two options. We had, "Mm, maybe I'd try. And and the other one was, fuck no. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. Never. Uh, It was a 70-30 in favour of, fuck nah, bro. Very good. And those are the polls. Uh, Today... Shadon is going to be handling the polls because he's a good person and is taking his life in his hands. He's willing to do it for the greater good of time and space and this channel. Yeah, today today Shadon is on the, the poll side and I'm on the gremlin side. The gremlin. I'm, I'm on gremlin duty. What is with the gremlin reference? Like... <laughs> it's not a reference. It's a thing people say about people. Generally about themselves. We're actually prepping a poll. I, as I, I will not explain it. Are you like having a match on a bow and arrow at this point? That's the only Gremlins image I know. Oh, is Gizmo. See, I, I watched Gremlins like for the first time, uh, like two months ago or so. so okay. Sure. How was it? Give us a, a short review of Gremlins. Okay. All right. It was weird. It, it was like one of those movies where I kind of felt like I had to leave the kind of theater room where okay. we were watching it. Just kind of went outside to hang out a bit, kind of catch a break from the stuff that's happening. Like, come back in. It was like at a company event. Oh, so it was with work buddies you were watching Gremlins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a gremlin who is also a spider? Or is that in just that's Gremlins too, isn't it? The isn't that it, isn't that uh, Peter Parker, the second one? From... <laughs> uh, that's Penny Parker specifically. If you have been a uh, Spider Verse, Penny fan. Parker is not a Gremlin. Well, I, I don't know, but like Peter Parker, the second one from the alternate universe, he seemed super Gremlin. Like he's just sitting in his room, eating garbage, doing nothing. <laughs> he's basically a Gremlin. <laughs> that's uh that's the non-alcoholic but still incredibly washed up spider-man oh yeah yes that yes. has been that has, has that's been the uh that's the um saint anger spider-man you know <laughs> that's how bad that was that's a good uh i thought well i thought the gremlins were like maybe i'm confusing it with aliens where like <laughs> Every uh, sorry each... sorry sorry <laughs> same, same movie I'm, I'm so sorry but i, have to, I just have to I have to interview and just say, when you said that, I just imagined... No, no, no. Moving on. Okay. Gremlins, gremlins poking out of 16-year-olds' chests. <laughs> Please tell me that doesn't like, happen. Do, do you remember, do you remember the uh, thing RLM calls, like, the birthday shot, where it's, like, in the first Alien movie? The kind of alien, like, kind of opens his hand and goes, Wah! Imagine like a gremlin kind of doing the same thing, except out of the chest of a sixteen-year-old. And he's just, just smoking kind of his like, cigarette. Happy birthday! Oh, uh, that's that was that was an image that's going to take a while to get out of my head. Okay, I thought each of them had like, you know, what was it like this is the spider gremlin. This is the gremlin that's like has some other weird like body type or or something. Again, maybe so thinking... so so in the in the first movie, they all seem kind of the same. Uh, I don't know the expanded universe. Do they wear 
tuxedos at any point. Yes. Yes. In the first movie, they go to like a, a dodgy bar and pretend to be like gangsters from the 60s or something. That's amazing. It's so dumb. Gremlins with Again, I had to go outside the <laughs> fucking theater room place out to the lobby every now and then because it was a bit too much. Okay. A bit too much. This is Saints Attack- Gremlins yes, review. That's, that's my review. <laughs> Stay tuned for the sort of in universe pseudo sequel, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but my review is a bit too much. Popcorn was nice. Good. Professional good. movie review. Four stars. <laughs> Four stars. Or no. Are we... <laughs> Four okay. stars. Are we ready to talk about what we are reviewing in full? Episode 6. Yes. Okay, so, TPL. So, yes. The new Star Wars movie is out. Let's talk about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, promised Tatooine. <laughs> it's where there's a moisture farm. And... <laughs> The children are being watched over by droids, but they yes, don't know. Employed by by uh, Gerb. Wait a second! Wait Jabba, a second! A big, a Wait. big competitor of Jabba the Hutt. Jabba's Wait a minute! Wasn't, lick their sweat in the night. Wasn't it a plot point in Episode One that Anakin couldn't run away because of a bomb in his head? Isn't that basically the same thing yes. as what we've got in this show? I don't remember that at and all. And they blow you up. Well, I mean, yeah. if he had spinned, that would have been a good trick. So I have no memory I'm just of say- this. I'm, I'm just saying, it just goes to show how good the kids are Dude, in the Promised like, Neverland. I, they I, can think of this like, Yeah, only because Shadon pointed it out. I actually remember. There's really there's a bomb in his head? Is it a force yes. bomb? No, no, it's just no, a no, no, no. It's literally yeah, a stick of dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, in, his head. In, in, episode, in episode one, I don't know if it's in his head, but basically what he says is like, yeah, he can't run out, run out and run away because they'll blow him up or something. Because at that point, he's a slave to Wado. Or hey, something. did someone mention me? Here I am. I'm a new Why can you do that so well? Why can you do you, that so well? Your mind will still work on me. <laughs> Manira, um... You didn't miss a lot. Missed we talked about anything. We have movies. not talked. We have not talked about the from the 1990s. The shitty movies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you race now in the pod. Here we go. The Promised Neverland, episode six. It was okay. It was just okay. Now clean my shop some more. Okay. Yeah, here we go. We're going to do the summary <laughs> now. <laughs> I don't remember that either, Felix. Uh, hello, Blucy. Hello, Manira. Again, like, yeah, I remember it just hello, because Sophie. she's on point. <laughs> That's a, a loss <laughs> to history plot point of that movie. Um, episode six begins with a cheap cliffhanger. Uh, and I'm oh, gonna I'm oh, gonna get oh. out of the way now and let people talk about it. Cause... All right, I'm gonna... Did anyone did anyone here watch the last episode where I talked about how amazed I am at this show? You know how much I respect it creatively, how much I think, you know, where the plot point would go based on this show's stellar track record. 
was just, you know, uh, maintaining tension. <sighs> it was Phil. Mm-hmm. This this show opens, you know, in the last uh, in the last episode we ended with the children checking the bookshelf to see mom's secret room, and then the door opens and they're all spooked. It's like, what are we gonna do? Oh no! Oh my gosh! It's happening! No, it's it's just happening! Phil. It's- Phil um, got name dropped in this episode really hard. Phil. Phil accomplished more in this episode <laughs> than both characters. And he's not even five years old. They like and him. you see him for two seconds. He yeah. he I feel like he appears less in the manga. Oh my god. To the to well, the point well. where like so oh, something... okay so so are so are they taking like achievements from other people and then putting them onto Phil to build up Phil as this big dude? So I think what they're doing is, my memory is hazy. They're either I don't think they're so much taking achievements from other people as like I they just know they they oh, just hear something like something happens later like Phil suddenly is playing this kind of important role and i think that they just want to like keep him in front of mind and be like we're foreshadowing we just we didn't like pull it out of nowhere or whatever but uh yeah so all right um, let me so this i I don't remember him doing this he could have i I need to reread it but yeah i don't i don't recall so this cliffhanger so okay like, okay, I'm not going to go banging on about this because it is just an isolated thing, but I all I'm going to say is, like, <clears throat> if you wanted to round off this moment, the only thing that was missing was an audience laugh track when they breathed a sigh of relief. How dare you. No, again, you we've talked about right. this. We you talk about I'm this right. so much. You know, what if this was a horrible, uh, like, Hollywood movie? You know, so the moment Phil opens the door, it plays like a loud orchestra thing. Like, it's like, oh no, it's Phil. Oh my god! But then, like the super loud noise. Potion setter. Mm-hmm. Tell you, I'm going into battle. Oh, it has the Inception noises. And I will go your strongest. Yeah, something like that. I. It was dumb. I didn't care for it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It was. It was a misstep, I think, and it was. It, it was funny. a misstep, and because yeah, I was it was like, a misstep <laughs> in an otherwise amazing episode. Like last episode, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you guys don't have to worry; <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's we're not gonna. This show's not gonna fuck it up. It's not gonna fumble around. It's not gonna do any of this. And uh, yeah, and then the yeah, show, the, show, I... the show basically goes to me." Traveler, my potions are too strong for you. <laughs> Sorry, stupid. No, yeah, it just. Uh, it, uh, and I think so. This is a sort of unfair advantage I have of, of reading the manga. Like when I could, like, if things like this happen that are kind of like, I don't know, sort of poor executions, or even not even poor execution, but just cliffhangers in general. Um, if they turn out to not really deliver, it sort of. I'm not left waiting and wanting and then disappointed. Like, I'm just reading. Mm. Just reading, 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 that... reading. And, like, it just doesn't stick in my mind. Can I ask you a question, Odark? Uh, in the chapter structure of the manga, 
uh, is that also the cliffhanger where the door opens, cut to gap to next chapter, and then it's Phil who turns up like at the very start? Or is that just does that mean? Well, I, so I can't say with 100% certainty because I don't even remember it being Phil. You know what I mean? So, like, so I fucking, I don't, I, I, I do know that the chapter structure is, there are a lot of cliffhangers. Whether this is a, a specific one that they've lifted from the manga exactly, I actually don't remember. Because, again, I, I don't even remember if it was Phil that opened the door. So this might not be a cliffhanger styled in that way in the source material. Uh, or mm. it could be, and I just totally forgot about it because I was just so invested in seeing what happened next. I just kept reading. Yeah. yeah. It's like you just yeah. sort of... Pacing problems are, are... How do I say this? Like, you, they're... I mean, certainly they exist in manga, but so often they can be mitigated because you can read at your own speed. You don't have mm-hmm. to linger on shit. Yeah. Well, it's like I speculated previously about how, you know, if there's a gap between publication, you might want to have a sweetener or a breadcrumb to, you know, entice people back mm-hmm. beyond just the material in of itself. And this to me seems like it fits that bill because it serves no other purpose. In fact, like as a one-off, I'm not so fussed about it. But stuff like this actively takes away from the tension we otherwise would feel. Because next time you have something like this, I'm like, oh, it's just going to be all the fucking kids in it. I'm not scared. I'm not worried for them. It's just, you know, Onion Kid's going to pop his dorky little head through and it's going to be him. <laughs> I Great. think, like, the the rest of the episode kind of was tense enough to kind of true almost immediately rebuild that trust. Like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. we got a fucking cop out. I'm yeah. mad. But then, like, almost immediately, we get some pretty cool moments. And we get, like, a lot of uh, cool shit, to put it scientifically. <laughs> TM. TM. Yeah. TM. TM. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cool shit. And TM. it's just, well, this episode is certainly, you know, it's about books. And it's got bookends. It's just unfortunate the bookends are a bit rubbish. But we'll get to the other one when we get to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. To, no prizes guessing who I'm referring to here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, poll up on the chat there, folks. Tell us if you think uh, Phil is the, you know, elder, you know, he of a thousand goat's heads god of the world, or if he's just a regular kid. <laughs> we'll we're a democracy, we're interested. <laughs> we'll, we'll update those at the end of the show, for sure. Um, and get an early read. Alright, so, with that out of the way, mm-hmm. this was a very disappointing way to open the episode, <laughs> for sure. But then, we get to the planning, right? The The big kids, as I call them from habit of being a dad, the big kids are planning stuff on their own. By the way, there's, like, a, there's so many times, like, in this show, like, I wonder, you know, Grace Fieldhouse doesn't, there are a lot of kids that live there, and it doesn't look, is it just me, or does it look not huge? Like, to, to me, I don't remember thinking this place is huge, but, like, so often the big kids are, like, in this dining room, this huge dining room, or this huge bedroom, and they're all alone. Like oh my this. god, yes. So they show, yeah, so they show even, like, the big dining room, and you see maybe seven children, and then they're like, where's Don and Gilda? I'm like, no, like, 50% of the children, at least, are missing. Yeah, or, like, Norman's doing stuff in the bedroom, and no one else is yeah, in there, yeah. and it's nighttime. Well, that, that's, well, that's because, unknowns to them, uh, they've already escaped, oh my they're god. gone. They've already made uh, it, it out. It, it, might, it might just be. It might just be that they're omitting them because they're just not relevant, so that they That's, wouldn't be uh, that, tracking yeah. or anything. Be, uh, be, I think big, big monogatory 
yeah. for Gatorade. Did that. <laughs> right. I didn't know you watched Monogatari. That's cool. Um, I did. I didn't finish it. I have two episodes left. Oh boy, that's it's. That's it. It's so amazing, right? That's oh my an god! Incredible show. I thought fucking that- blew my mind. As someone that doesn't like, you know, in in this trio, I have the kind of. You know, I, I'm the person that doesn't watch anime in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. At the time I watched it, I really didn't watch anime. And like, it just blew my mind. Yeah. It was so good. It was a thing I remember when we first started the, the show pre-YouTube as a podcast only. And you were like, we can't review Monogatari because if I watched it, it would make me cry and make me sad. And so I'm like, okay. You can't, you can't tell people that. You can't tell people. <laughs> Sorry. But listen, it does, it does make you. It, it's it's a uh, emotional show, for sure. It's yeah, fantastic. it definitely. Um, I, I since you brought it up at the time, I was in a very different mindset and yes. very different life situation yes. and very different stuff. I could watch it now, and it would be. I would welcome all the feelings. Uh, cool. But what you're bringing up now is a very sensitive subject. And it was I a will pain- sue you. I'm I'm sorry. It was a painful time for you. I had I was not trying Whatever. to be insensitive. Sorry, yeah, just want to. <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 definitely. Like, this is the kind of show that it, it's. <sighs> We're just avoiding talking about Crone, aren't we? We might be. Well, no, not saying any episode. <laughs> All right, so so they're during the planning, right? There's these. Uh, they Norman basically says there's three stages to this plan that we have to come up with. Three key points. We have to figure out how to get over the wall and get out of the field house. And we have to then figure out how to get away from the larger kind of entity that is the farm. Um, and then we have to, Shadon will be happy to note they're thinking about establishing ways to survive once they're out in the wilderness on their mm-hmm. own. And the part of the plane they're working on now is step two, getting away from the farm. They, with the rope, they already have means of getting over the wall. Um, and so now begins the portion where I have trouble reading my notes and I have to like squint and hold my notebook up to my face. Have you, have you written them in like small circles that might mean Morse code possibly? Is Um, that why it's not easy to decide? As a theme of this episode, I've drawn several pictures of owls and various circles around them. Yep. So uh, the kids are doing this planning and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do... I may gloss over a scene or two here, so chat and you guys, please feel free to interrupt me and bring up anything you want. Um, Bobby, not Bobby, God damn it, I did it again. <laughs> Don, why do I call him Bobby? I swear <laughs> to God, I have Bobby written down in my notes. What the fuck? <laughs> why? Why? I don't know why I associate him with that character from Inazuma 11. They don't even look anything alike. Like, they look nothing alike, and for some reason I'm like, oh, that's Bobby from Inazuma. And that's not even his real name, that's just the fucking English dub name. He's called, anyway, what's he's called like, Sakazaki. Robert so, Robert. Don- Robert. Donald. Uh, <laughs> Donald bumps... Jimothy. Jim- yes. Bumps into Isabella, and ends up taking her key. Um, and she is aware, right, that, like, do you think that she's aware that her key's been taken, or just that something is weird here? Something, something's that, weird. Something, something is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Can I throw oh, something out here? This is, you know, stuff, stuff like this is very like suspicious. Yeah. I, Can I point something out? 
I am I am better equipped than Isabella because I have one of these. Yeah, if you've got a key that's going to stop, you know, kid, you know, kids from getting into your secret radio room slash video game collectible trophy lounge, you <laughs> might want one of these with your key on it. Just a thought. Also, wow. tiny small, tiny small bad guy, or small bad guy as I like to call him. <laughs> that looks like an item drop from Dragon Quest. <laughs> oh my god! A giant chain with a key on it. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that happens. Isabella thinks this is strange. Uh, moving on to the scene in the library, and William Minerva makes mm-hmm. his uh, grand debut. Indeed, oh, as oh Billy Owl, as he was known as punk rock years. <laughs> Billy Owl, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and the, the the owl dudes from uh, Fujiko. Oh shit! Yes, what were they? Yeah, yeah. What were they called? F- F- Fräulein Euler. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's yes. been too long. It looks so the same. Um, it looks so much like it. That's that's exactly the imagery I got. I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. is is it the like the head dude with, with like the amazing suit mm-hmm. and also the owl head? Yes, and the really deep, <laughs> the deep voice. Like, oh my Freudlein. god, the deep voice. <laughs> the deep voice. <laughs> yes, that's good. I, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was. It. I thought it was them on the other line for a moment until I remember. <laughs> Look, doing a deep voice right now is very unsettling to my brain. I, I will Fair not enough. do it. Yes. No, please don't. So, yeah, they... Uh, this is pointed out to to Ray. I think he's the one that they're showing this, and it's something... Norm as well. Oh, yeah, it's Norman. Both okay, Ray, okay. Ray and Norman. Both the boys. Like, okay. Like, so... Emma is like, yes, I, I need you to, to meet someone. Yeah, this is... <laughs> yeah, that's right. I need you to meet someone. William, yeah. like holy fuck, William Minerva uh, has been discovered by Phil. Just so happens, Phil, uh, Phil again, name drop. Oh my episode. god, Phil, <laughs> Uncle I've Phil. Got a theory. He, uh, he's he's you know Shub Diggeraf. He's the old one, just hiding in plain sight. I'm calling it. Okay, you have to elaborate on this in a moment. Um, Phil is like a robot controlled by he slash him. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> It's like, yes, bring the children to me. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what he slash him sounds like. Hip, him body. Yes, yes, master. Eat, beep, yes, I wanted to eat the brain. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give me the brain. <laughs> so we have like the evil sort of pseudo Eastern European scientists in Vorgalia. And then a was that like a Texas robot that you were t- <laughs> You are doing no no no, no 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 no. I'm doing no no. He slash him is uh, instructing Phil Phil the robot mm-hmm. to br- bring him the human man. This this and head cannon is getting I out want of hand. The brain. I mean, we've established last episode Hello. that he slash him is President Obama, so he probably was- okay. Hey, Phil, Phil decided to uh, just <laughs> okay. visit the subtle doctor and That's whisper right. some some weird things yeah. in his ear. It was the cliffhanger. That was the break. The children. So, all right. Well, you have to now do your explain the robot 
explain the rope like this. What I heard you do was you were like, yes, master. (laughs) Very sunset. Yes, master. I will bring you the children. Like a red dead, like, tip of the hat, you know, and you're like, master. I have to introduce you guys to Stingray. No, it's like, okay, so so he he slash him like, builds the robot, and already, like, the robot is sentient and more intelligent than him. So he slash him goes, bring me the children. <laughs> and then just Phil does no- says nothing and leaves. 10 out of 10 points. And then mm-hmm. we don't know anything, and then he shows up mysteriously at the farm. Phil is coming. Write this fan fiction. If, if you... If if you at exactly uh, twenty thirty eight go into your bathroom and t- turn off the lights and say Phil, take my brain three times in front of the mirror, you will hear a knock on your door. Don't answer it. It is Phil. <laughs> you oh will take God. your I wish this had happened in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil is uh, I my my counter theory was that they're gonna get over the wall with they're gonna get over the wall with Phil and he's just gonna get a little head of him turn around and he's just gonna start talking to him. But he's gonna sound like Christopher Lee. And he's gonna say, <laughs> Ah yes, well Ah yes, well done, Emma. You've made it quite far. But your trials have just begun. I will see you further down. You have three more levels in this. And then he just disappears. He just fades into nothing. <sighs> was Christopher uh, Lee Raiden in the Mortal what? Kombat? Uh, no. What? No, that was uh, no. That was Christopher Lambert who oh, was in. Okay. The- Sorry. Moving I'm on. afraid that there can only be one Christopher. That's right. Yes. Need Too to have good? a wrestling match for the name of Christopher. Did, did you make did you make a Highlander reference or Oh yes I did. So William Minerva's name is in all these books. Um his not just his name, but his like nameplate. Mm-hmm. I think they call it or a book plate. It's just basically a sticker. <laughs> not a plate. It's not a plate. <laughs> yeah, let's call it's it for what it is, right? Let's you know, this guy is so cheap. It's let's not elevate him. It is yeah. just the sticker. Come on, this guy is nothing. I would beat him up. He's not returned his books to the library. I mean the late fees on those <laughs> books by now must be immense. Also several so, thousand Sophie, dollars. Sophie, you should be you should be banned for like two episodes based on what you just said. <laughs> I'm See, not even going to acknowledge joke. it. I'm just going to move get it. on. I, I'm not. I'm, you know, lower right side of the screen gremlin, so I don't you, get no, it. No, you're actually blessed, Vargelia, in this particular instance. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are. Just but... take it Just take it from, from Oh, me. that sounds like a darling in the Franks thing. <laughs> yes. Bliss. Such bliss that you're in right now. So, like, yeah, the stickers are oh, in, the, in, in the book, right? Uh, with Please make them miserable. An ass. An owl, uh, and a sort of circle around the owl, and you look at them, and you're thinking, "Well, what's special about this?" And it turns out that these circles mm-hmm. are actually Morse code. Mm-hmm. And I, t- I have to say, like when you're when you're first encountering this, whether it's in the manga or the anime, 
this might be the time when you sort of channel the spirit of trickster in our chat and go hold the fuck on how the how did these kids figure this out like how did they, they just think like wait a minute like this is obviously morse code and they actually like thankfully when they're sort of elaborating how they discovered it there was a children's book about morse code and so one of the kids phil just happened to phil. kind of apply the theory you know, Phil, who we just talked about for like ten minutes. Not just one of the kids. You don't get to call them to call him one of the kids. Okay, you don't get to give Phil that treatment. Philbert. He has a name, Philbert Phil- <laughs> S. Langley. Uh... <laughs> you think it was absurd? <laughs> I have oh, to confess. I, I, I think it was absurd. <laughs> I, I have to confess this. This only. I only clicked how those circles translate into Morse code the second time around when I watched this episode, which was the gaps mm-hmm. um, specifically. Um, but I do have a theory on all of this, you know, Billy Owl shit, which we'll get to later. If um, if your theory is correct, it would make sense for Phil to just kind of pluck this from the ether. This, this uh, clue. But, well, <laughs> I, have, I have tons of thoughts on this. Again, saving that for the end. Okay, okay, okay. So, <clears throat> yeah. So the words various words are like sort of what's the right word here the circles via morse code translate into words like run give a hoot (laughs) don't uh loot god damn it (laughs) bring bring potato chips on your way back Sauté for 30 minutes. <laughs> Run, doubt, danger, truth. Uh, what the fuck were... What what that, was, that, that was right a word. What the fuck was a word saying? Uh, it it <laughs> sounded like... Like, at, you know, they're basically... He's basically name-dropping part three stands yep. from JoJo's. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Various uh, 80s prog rock Various, bands. Uh, stands, yes. Danger. Uh, Truth. Danger. <laughs> Truth, yes. Monster. Farm. Uh, j- judgeness. <laughs> you guys are playing really good defense against me this week. This is good. I like this. Please continue. Is this, is this the Promise Everland's version of hashtags? Yes, oh definitely. God. Definitely. Definitely. Just, Morse, just code, that. Morse code farm. Um, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag run. Hashtag brain. <laughs> hashtag doubt. So, like, they are theorizing, based on the super creepy uh, Fräulein Euler Al, that uh, someone from the outside here is trying mm-hmm. to communicate with kids in the farm. And based upon that and the specific words that has have been communicated, they deduce that there's a probability, not definitely, but maybe there is, like, a human society outside of the farm like that there are other humans alive that they're not the last ones um which is important and very hopeful for them that they won't just be sort of trying to rebuild humanity from the ground up as it were um i don't want to think about that don't don't even go there okay okay yeah let's we we don't have to go there let's not go there let's Let's not not go go there. there in any way shape or form um so, 
uh, hentai game. Uh, one of no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, so there's uh, there's also two. There's two. <laughs> there's two. <laughs> sorry. There's two more of these. Um, that. What is it? Shit. Oh, okay, 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 I can read the notes. Okay, so there's two more. They look at all these books, and they discern the words that I talked about. Then they find two more that they think are weird. There's, uh, like, an adventure book, and then there's a mythology book. Mm-hmm. And there's weird things about each of these. Now, they don't say which weird thing is associated with which book, which I found annoying. I'm like, I want to know if they're talking about the adventure book when they say it says promise in it. Or the mytho- So one of them has the word promise in it, and the other one has no Morse code. It's just a complete circle. Um, and there's like a ton of theories to be had about this. So I want to know if it's the adventure that's the complete circle or the myth. Like, I think it could be, it could end up being fairly significant what he's trying to communicate here, obviously. Oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Okay, so. I'm really trying to understand why these two books stood out. I can get the one where it's the full circle. Cool. What about the other one? The other one was like, it stood out because Emma was like, oh my God, this world is, this word is too difficult. It's a, and, I think she and Norman's a like immediately like, yeah, yeah. Shh, garbage <laughs> or whatever the word was. Uh, Promise. Flossing. <laughs> yep. That's it. The Carlton that's dance. That's the word. <laughs> other dances that have been copyrighted so i'm not sure like what makes those that book also kind of special but well i'm gonna go save that for the fairy lands hold on to your pants you'll get your so but i'm really just kind of wondering also a how did they think though that was kind of special b like how did they very much immediately reach the conclusion that basically oh these these two must be some special guides. You know, maybe they have inside them information that would help us avoid the, you know, whatever. Or maybe somehow cryptically describe what is outside of the walls or something. Uh, Manira does point out in chat that one of them, the non-complete circle one, seems to have had pages ripped out. Right, right, right. Okay. Yes. So perhaps that is the the sort of thing that makes it special. I don't, I agree with you that that part wasn't clearly communicated, that the special making property is the property of having ripped out pages. Okay. That wasn't, I didn't get that either. So. Yeah. Like, I mean, I kind of, whatever, like I'm willing to overlook it, but it seems like from a couple of things, they're kind of jumping into conclusions super quickly. Like, Hey, you know, Hey, these are guides. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, these are the thing. It's like, yeah, a bit like, yeah. Okay, they're kind of immediately jumping into a conclusion that's very like convenient for the plot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you know, they're not probably not wrong because this would make for an interesting plot. Right. So right. Mm-hmm. at least they at least they say that it's a matter of probability. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, at least they do. Except sure. it will not be. I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. You're. But listen, what kind of show would this be if William Minerva was just nothing? <laughs> You'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> just no, but like, time. I mean, you know, 
you know, like, I mean, you basically said, oh, we have the debut of William Minerva, so now we know he's a character. He right. could have been, like, I don't know, AI, or he could have been, like, kind of misdirection. Maybe they were grasping at straws. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a completely different thing. Maybe what they're guessing, you know, took them to a kind of a, a thing someone else made up, or something that's defunct now. No, uh, it's me, guess... Bobby Zeus. I'm Bobby the real. <laughs> I'm the real character. And I am here to also eat you, except I only eat liver like those weird orcas that were killing great white sharks off the coast of South Africa by only eating their livers and leaving the rest. Did you guys don't hear you? about that shit? And, and, and then at that, point, just, no, and just... at that point, Ray's like, yes, okay, <laughs> getting my liver eaten is better than getting my brain eaten. We should give them our liver. <laughs> Doc, did you just did you just feel like the rest of that little story was something you found on Google's get I'm feeling lucky function? <laughs> it sounds like it, but look, that is a real thing and it fucking blew my mind. Like, have you I don't know if there are any avid watchers of What? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just gonna eat Popcorn? some snacks while you're talking. <laughs> just continue, please. So I don't know if there are any avid like nature documentary and not documentary the viewers of nature docs out there uh yeah so i love them i i happen to really enjoy the animals and they're i i have gotten teary and weepy way more times about fucking a show about like lemurs or or you know octopi or any like of uh, animals yeah. than like people because it's like there's always the part about like their habitat is shrinking they're in danger have like, you we're seen that to... fucking shit where it's like a lizard in some beach and there's fucking snakes everywhere oh, yeah. it was fucking on the edge of my seat that was blue planet blue planet's the shit uh, um, but like so uh you may or may not have seen. Oh, how long ago were these? I feel like these were in the mid two thousand. So, th- but like maybe ten years ago, there were a couple of documentaries called Air Jaws and Air Jaws Two, which sound hilarious, right? They sound like sounds like a sci fi channel movie. Yes, exactly. But it is they discovered these like incredible great white sharks uh, off the coast of South Africa. That the way they hunt is. They swim underneath seals, like the seal will be up here, and they come up from underneath, and they just fly out of the water. Like, these enormous, like, animals weighing tons and tons, just flying, like, they get so high in the air, and it's this incredible thing to see. Um, wow. And Sounds like Jaws. It's it's phenomenal. Like, it's, it's just a beautiful thing really? to watch. <laughs> but, like, you, but you can't go and see them anymore. They've been hunted away because these two goddamn rogue killer whales these two orcas like they're oh brothers they showed up in the habitat in it off in those waters and proceeded to murder the shit out of all the great oh white sharks God. they just ate the liver and left the rest didn't <laughs> didn't eat like the meat like it wasn't a, a food thing they just murdered them they just ripped out the liver and then then they killed them off like they killed so many that the rest of the population left that area can, can Unbelievable! I, say, <laughs> I reckon. I mean, Sylvie just brought up the David Amber there, so I reckon we should get him to, you know, do commentary on the promised land. Like, and here we see, <laughs> here we see Anna, Ray, and Norman gathering inside 
dormitory area to discuss their escape plans in order to flee the farm before they are devoured by the ancient demons ruling the land. I love how, like, in so many David Attenborough, like, instead of a big, like, introductory thing, like Steve Irwin or someone, like, he just will say, like, the name of the thing. It'll be, like, footage, 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 and then he'll be like, a young Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh my god, yes. Commentary. Oh my Imagine if sports commentary was like that. You know, the silence footage of sports. Philippe James, James James dude person <laughs> having the ball. Yep. Yeah. It'll be great. And then just more silence. And here we see the goalkeeper. He seems unsatisfied. No, I'm gonna go one better than that. I'm gonna go one better. And here we see Daigo Umehara. He watches and waits. Predatory, poised, and graceful. He oh, sees yeah, the incoming attack, and the dragon punch follow. It hits Di- true. Daigo fucking doesn't even. He looks at his PSP checking notes. Like, maybe that was years ago, but basically, like, oh my god, Daigo Umehara. Like, fucking, you go to the tournament, and then on the side, here is Daigo Mihara sitting by himself looking at a PSP. It's like, oh my god, the can biggest you, can predator. You Im- can you imagine David Attenborough commentating Evil Moment 34? Oh and, my god. <laughs> yeah. And here we see Daigo carrying the Chandli kick soup repeatedly. A and, marvelous feat of execution. And like, in, in the background... No, 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 no. It's, like... it's, it's, more, it's more like, there's a lot of silence. Yes. And then at some point, he's like... Chun Li Super. It's like, <laughs> and here the parry begins, and then it's like, <laughs> like the, the classical music, you know, and it's like, like Ken, yes, that's what the crowd goes wild in a shared moment of communal bonding. Can I do this all night? I can do this all night. Can I say if you if you put. All of our uh, weird, like off-topic discussions, mm-hmm. one but like next to each other, they're a guide to what the world is outside your house. <laughs> they're a guide. Yes, I agree. They tell you how to escape your horrible situation. Uh, we would speaking we'd... of escaping horrible situations. Yep, yep. Oh my god, we'd have such trouble doing a Patreon because we can't. We could never contain this behind the paywall. We'd just go yeah. off on tangents. Um, I'd totally be okay with being paid to chat shit, but anyway, that's not very <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Like, again, I tell these people, right? Holy fuck, please record your pre-podcast like podcast banter, because it's full of this. This happens, like, every single time. And they don't record any of it, so we, nobody gets to see it. They're horrible people. Tell them. Tell them. I just had a terrible thought that I won't share. <clears throat> so, uh, we have now, getting back to TPL manga, anime, uh, we have the Don Doubting Norman scene, right? Where uh, where he starts to just break down in front of Gilda. I can't remember why, like, what tips him off to Because he finds like, Lil Bunny. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. So they're in... They're in the secret room, right? They didn't... Phil was like, yo, it's time for dinner. And they're like, get the fuck out of here, you little dweeb. <laughs> and they keep looking around. Uh, and yeah, they find Little Bunny. And Norman, like, starts to just kind of have a 
panic attack, and Gilda is very freaked out by the whole thing. And then again, the door starts to open, right after they after they look around and see everything. I guess they see like the communication device, the eighty stereo. They see all the stuffed animals, and then the door starts to open again. And this time, they hear Mom's voice. So I guess this is like I don't know. I got thought it was like kind of a, not redeeming, but it was good that they had like a callback to like the beginning shit. Like we're like okay, here's like a real threat now. But um, so thankfully Isabella gets called away, so she doesn't go and investigate. And the kids make it out of there, just like despite. I mean, they should have fucking been caught. Miracle of miracles, it did not happen. Um. Let's see. I already talked about Phil was the one who found out the Morse code. Um, and I called it last episode, by the way. I called it. I'm like, yes, there's going to be a bunch of trophies there, and they're going to find out that people have been killed. I did it. You did. It's, it. it's a bit like, yeah, it, it's a bit like, um, a bit weird how they jump into that conclusion again. Like, hey, the thing is here. So, I mean. It could have easily been been there whether they were killed or just taken away. Uh, but I don't know. Characters kind of learn or come to conclusions for plot convenience in this episode. Tiny bit happens. Mm, sure. Whatever. This episode was good. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, comrade. Thank uh, you. I missed the break, yo. <laughs> do not like this episode you traitor <laughs> uh, so so once Don and Gilda like by the skin of their teeth they make it out of this hairy situation uh, they like confront the big kids and particularly Emma like feels really awful about this and they're now forced to tell them the whole truth um, and it, you know the way the anime is paced it really there's not a lot of time in between their decision to withhold the truth and now their decision to come clean. It feels longer uh, I mean, in the manga. Um, it, it feels longer here because we had to wait. But I mean, true. like it's 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 it it's been a fair few episodes behind now, and a lot has happened. So I'm, I'm not sure if I share that opinion with you. Okay, I think it's I'm... been a, a pre- fair amount of time. Rather, mm, I like remember. it's. I, I think it's better if. I like that they handled it now. And mm. I like that they handled it in a way that empowers these secondary characters as mm. characters. Unless they kind of show their personality and 100%. their convictions and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. This this yeah, show yeah. this show, like like one of my favorite movies of all time, uh Dark City. Dark City Ooh. was is a is a wonderful mystery movie that basically ends up changing perspective to its multiple protagonists. And it changes its perspective to whoever has the least information. And that's and it continues to be an amazing mystery. It continues to build up. It's amazing payoff for the entire thing. And in this one, I, I'm kind of seeing a similar thing. Like we're kind of getting to the the kind of to change perspectives into kind of the underdogs in the situation. We change mm. perspectives, you know, so the, the like Emma, the, the, the big three, the three dudes, the, the three musketeers are kind of coming up with her plans. They're kind of going along with her, their stuff. And now we're giving the other characters uh, kind of attention. We're giving them, we're kind of able to see how other people deal with it, how uh, 
you know, less kind of not so much important, but we get to develop those characters and we get to kind of go back and, and kind of re-experience that kind of like uh, shocking revelation of what's happening and we're kind of getting to re-experience the massive like change in personality it brings. It's amazing. Mm. I love it. I... I, I mean, completely agree with you on the execution, but I'm going to actually have a mildly dissenting opinion here, only because I'm just I hate one of those you. people. No, 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 no. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Hey, no. you, you, you'll die now. Traitor. <laughs> come at, come at me, Ahmed. Anyway, because um, I know where that's from. I remember that reference. I'm not anyway. doing that. Sh- oh my god! Look, that's just the thing I say now. I'm not okay. doing that garbage. Okay. I, okay. I will destroy mm-hmm. you. Please. That's bad. Don't, associ- don't associate me with that garbage. I will this not. This is not All okay. Right. So, <laughs> the... pull, pull up a, a Kretzko and pretend a Kretzko is talking. Okay. Right. So, like the point I was going to make was this, right? I actually think they might want to hold this on for a bit longer and let some other things build up around it. House of Cards kind of thing. I mean, House of Cards falling apart, Domino's being knocked over is more impressive the more you get going. But of course, you don't want to be waiting too long for that to happen. Now, I'm not saying that what they did here was wrong. I think that it was executed, as you say, magnificently. And as you rightly point out, it did deliver on making the secondary characters more empowered. It brought them up to the even keel, where now, rather than being a group of three and a group of two, they're a group of five. That's good. That is very good. But I'm just thinking that, you know, they, they could have savored this a little longer, maybe. I don't know. I see. Because... I see that point. Like, could could the payoff have been even? Point, yeah. Could it have been even better if they continue to ratchet up the? Because yeah. the sense of betrayal, like you could probably, there's probably a form for this as some psychologist somewhere has figured out. But I would argue the sense of betrayal that you might feel in such a situation is stronger the longer the time passes between when you're told a lie and when you find out about it later. If you live under illusion for two days, it's not so bad. But if you live under an illusion or a lie for a lot longer, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty worse. sure in the thing it's actually quite a lot longer because it's been like three episodes, but it's been more than a few days in between the episodes. But uh, w- what I think is basically, I still support the narrative decision made as it is because mm-hmm. a we get to see the characters develop better, and we're gonna get more see, a more diverse cast. We're gonna get a more diverse cast in the future episodes, and they're gonna be there's gonna be a better dynamic potentially, mm-hmm. but also like. Uh, a big part of this show for me was kind of, um, you know, Emma is our favorite character. Emma's like kind of determination. Emma's kind of optimism. Emma's mm-hmm. drive to make things better. And I think like kind of hammering home the betrayal that Emma did to those children, I think would have taken a bit away from the narrative that we're seeing now, which is basically, you know, these children. They they are fighting for their future, and they're you know they have all these feelings of mm-hmm. determination, optimism, all that kind of stuff, and it would distract a lot from that, and also take time from the actual planning and the actual pacing of you know the the plot twists and the, how like everything is going. So I think they handle it perfectly, personally. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I can I can see where both of you guys are coming from. Like, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have liked it going on until the end yes. of time. Manira, I think a chat. little bit longer would have been nice. Yeah, anyway, it does not like drawn out misunderstandings. Yeah, no, those mm. are never a good plot point. Uh, like personally, yeah. 
I, I oh, God, I rem- oh God, I remember in Franks now, actually, because that was one of the things <laughs> that made me rage Listen, about Like, show. there are so many. Uh, this is a great point that Borghele has highlighted from Minera because there's a lot of, like, really classic, beloved anime comedies in particular that, like, are premised on a misunderstanding and drives me fucking bananas. I absolutely oh my, yes. hate it yes. so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it ends up being, like, a, I just don't find it amusing. It's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. Mm. So, like, um... Yes, so, yeah. exactly, 100%. Yeah. Also... And, and Shadon, yeah, you're talking about Frank's, like, the the lack of <laughs> communication between the characters. Like, there's this big information gap, and it just drove you, like, up the wall. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to get into that later, because one of the things I want to talk about later is when is it acceptable for characters to fuck up in fiction? But I, that's going to be something I'll come to later when we get to the talking Never. Uh, also, a- an angle that I didn't quite, like, mention was how Emma also develops as a character because of this. If we had drawn it out longer, if, it, if we had drawn it out longer and there was more animosity, like, oh my god, you lied to us for so long, you know, we don't have anything to hope for anymore, um, we wouldn't have gotten this this moment where Emma kind of realizes her mistake in time and now trusts people a lot more and kind of Mm. fundamentally changes as a character, which Mm. will absolutely come up and make the entire thing, like, better. Somehow, this show, six episodes in, talking about children, manages to develop all these characters, like, over and over, just layers upon layers of characterization. Except for Onion Kid, the only layers he's got in his namesake. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Find uh-huh. out how I feel about all of this. Uh, I spoke too much. My voice is giving up. After Fuck. the break. Okay. We're having a break? Good luck, brave soldier, as you wander off into the battlefield ahead. We're back. Sorry about that, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Oh my god, I'm still eating. Give me a warning next time. So, (laughs) here's an idea that I thought of when I stepped away. What if David Attenborough narrates the Digipro video? What if he not not narrates it, comments on it? Like, what if he just reads the Digibro part? Like, I can't believe you think this is okay. It's not okay. Would... It's not okay. That... Look at this shit. That's... Look at that this would be... shit. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That would be that would be like the one time this actually happened where someone gave the uh, Archer Unlimited Blade Works mantra to oh my God. Like Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, no, no. Imagine, right? What? It's... Yes, it happened. It really did. Did she read it? Did it happen? She? <laughs> Wait a minute. Ellen? Who did you say? Did Ian you... McKellen. Oh, I thought you. Oh my god. I, I, I only heard Ellen. Ellen. <laughs> I heard Ellen. <laughs> no, Ian. Ian McKellen. Oh, okay. Did, did he read it? Yes, he, he did. It? Oh my god. He was very confused. That's incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. I have to track this. But down. no, imagine, imagine David Attenborough. Just picture a scene in your head. David Attenborough goes, Steven Spielberg, 
introducing himself in Japanese, inviting you. To the Universal Studios Japan. It seems wonderful. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Oh my god. Sugoi. I feel like it just ends to deep, <laughs> deep trance then. <laughs> like, like, I wasn't Okay, you can't say deep trance when I'm here. Like, dude, I'm so <laughs> deep in that I definitely I'm gonna go unconscious in a minute. This oh, is sending man. me under this sock. So we're just losing anyway. we're losing viewers right and left. <laughs> Plummeting. Right, let's ca- let us carry on. Oh, so funny. I don't We're care. not even halfway through the promise now. Are we Yeah we're about two thirds. Okay, yeah, yeah we're yeah. we're pretty far in. Um So like Vorg was talking about, like um the kids were forced to apologize to uh, Don and Gilda, to Bobby and Gilda. Um, and Emma in particular, like, she bows very deeply. She's extremely, like, extremely apologetic. Um, and Don and Gilda, as you said, felt very emboldened, empowered. It felt, like, really real in these moments. And Emma saying, like, I was wrong. Don gets to fucking punch Ray. Like, you know, Norman, I'm kind of like, whatever on, I get it. Um, but Ray had it coming for trying to sell him out. <laughs> so he needed to punch him. Uh, that that definitely needed to happen. Um, and I thought it was interesting, like, so Don could have been very upset about the content of the lie. Right, I mean, and, and he clearly he was to a degree, right? He could, he could have been like, you know, you think this is okay? No, he could have been. He could have said, uh, "Look, you have you had said that bad people were adopting uh, Connie and the other kids, but you didn't tell us that this was a farm. You didn't tell us about the demons. You didn't tell us we were being eaten. But like the thing he was upset about." The thing that that got him the most was not the content of the lie, but the fact that just they weren't trusted with the whole truth. Mm-hmm. That like you know you like I thought he said you know I, I thought when you let us in you really let us in and like you were saying hey we can rely on you but like we're clearly still some kind of burden to you and that's painful. Like it hurts me to think about how weak I am because like because I'm weak like I can't do anything about Connie getting shipped out. And this is something that's being, like, reinforced every day in this house. But, like, I thought from you guys, right, like, I wasn't seen that way, but clearly I still am, and it fucking sucks. Um, And after hearing all that, like I said, Emma, so sorry. Like, very, very apologetic. Like, vows Mm -hmm. to, like, let them in fully and rely on them and and trust in them completely. Um, Apologies all around. Uh... In that apology scene, like, Ray is kind of filmed interestingly. Like, you've pointed this out before, Shadon. Um, and it's it's nothing, like, super, uh, I guess, subtle or technically sound. Or, or maybe not, it is technically sound, but, like, 
it's not like a like a work of, of it's not like a stroke of genius, but I, it was interesting. I it's thought. A small touch. Yeah, it's that a small like touch. you got Norman and Emma like in the light of the lantern talking to Don and Gilda, but like Ray outside, like in the shadows, very much still. I thought this back. was just being set up as some sort of like you know good cop bad cop interrogation here. <laughs> yep, yep, clearly. Um, but then again, it's got turned around. Swerve. And if hey, I mean, you know, this, this is a subject we've never talked about before on this show, but let's praise how good the direction is in this show. Mm-hmm. Let's praise how good the direction yeah, is. Yeah. How, th- how that... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like two amazing scenes for me. Uh, the one is here, which is basically how the information is kind of given to the characters, how kind of the passage of time is conveyed... Uh, how we get to see it and how we get to see the reactions. And it's all done so well. Mm-hmm. The other one is the fucking JoJo moment when Spoiler appears behind the tree. Oh my god, let's talk about that later. What? Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, we, we'll, we're we almost there. Massive JoJo moment. <laughs> almost there. <laughs> um, so, and there are, there are several scenes. I, I'm going to talk about it here, but I think it happens a couple of other times in the show where the way the shot is framed, and you, what this has to do with what you just brought up, Morgelia. The way the shot, the final shot of the apology is framed, it's like someone is look, it's kind of peering over like a windowsill or something, or peering from behind like a wall. Like there's. Several... I brought that up. If, yeah, I brought it before. Like, oh, okay, okay. It yeah. feels like yeah, it feels like they're being watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. They, it's mm-hmm. very. I wonder, yeah. wonder if that's going to come up later in this episode. Don't <laughs> Yes. That's a brilliant <laughs> reference. That's amazing. I'm so happy. Yeah, exactly. He, he's Don Flamenco. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm so glad that you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's see. Uh, the next big scene you have uh, Emma and Norman hanging laundry on a beautiful, clear day on the farm. It's and a new dog. It's a new dog. Exciting footage. Oh, it's here we see <laughs> Emma. Hanging laundry. It's a beautiful day. The smell of gain is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're hanging it, and Emma. Uh, so here, here comes a moment that I'm not really sure how I feel about. Uh, Emma d- says, like she has a plan uh, regarding the escape, and she tells Norman, but she tells him off screen. Now, so we've praised this show a lot for having off-screen tells in terms of, like, catching a character up to speed when we already know what's been going on. And that's great. This is the exact opposite. This is totally, like, this is very much like, uh, like, information is being withheld annoyingly. This this has been happening like all throughout the show. Like, oh, it's Ray. How is he going to get the the chips out? Whatever. Well, we'll see off screen, and maybe he'll tell us later. How are yeah. we going to do this thing? It it just you know it it keeps coming up, and I think like I don't mind. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. If, I think, if, I think... if Emma was like, yes, okay, we're going to play tag and then hop over the wall and then go do the thing, and then like four episodes later they do that. Is that better? I think, I think the key difference here, though, is that hmm. when, when that's happened previously, Ray said that he has a way of breaking tracking devices and then hasn't elaborated on that yet. Right. That's fine. But what's happened here is, like, 
got a plan and then for what? A plan to make fucking Girl Scout cookies? A plan to, you know, do hopscotch? A plan to, you know, burn the fucking house down? A plan to, you know, put a horse's head in Isabella's bed? What is this plan for, Emma? Tell us. Like, I don't need the full breakdown. I step but a single line to say what the broad principle of it is. I mean, it was about about how to get everyone out at the same time without mom noticing. So he he did that. That's what the plan was about. Uh, I'm okay with him not saying much. Because mm. um, basically, we're introducing this plan for the first time, but maybe we're not ready to tell our viewers. Mm. Then some time will pass. Then maybe Norman and Emma will tell Ray. Norman at that point will have, you know, figured out some kind of a weird way to get his way with Norman or Emma or whatever. So we've established the plan, and then we're establishing that time has passed enough, and that we're going to tell Ray. We're going to, every one of them is going to kind of alter the plan or something to suit their own interests and you know, make Norman go with it or yeah, something. Yeah. That's not that's not true because they did, like, you know, they're going to say, you know, I have also planned, I don't know, also further. No, it's only so far the plan gets altered before, you know. I, I have, I am altering the plan per play. I don't alter it any further. Exactly. I will say that I'm... I am your daddy. I mean, <laughs> that's not what I'll say. <laughs> um, not to you. Uh, Luke, I am your papa. <laughs> yeah. You're so, you're I'm so, so sorry. Good. I don't know what's wrong with me today. Um, no, this is it's great. I'm enjoying it. Uh, so, like, I think the like the the plan is well. No, that can't be right. That can't be right because we'll wait. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, so yeah, Emma's like, I have a plan. Cut to however many minutes later. Are you sure this plan is gonna work? Like, are you sure mm-hmm. about this? And Emma's like, yeah, like, totally. Um, and so it turns out in the manga, like, she very much does have a plan. And... I hope so. <laughs> it... The plan is Nigerontayo. <laughs> God, really? You keep distracting me. Um, I'm so sorry. No, it's great. No, this is me. This is the continual joke loop. Uh, so, like, she has this plan, but I don't believe there's ever this moment where she says, "Hey, guess what? I have a plan." You know what I mean? It's just kind of like it's suddenly it's happening, and the other characters are sort of like, "Whoa! Like, how's all this yeah. set up? She thought of all this." And then it's happening, it's happening, and the character's like, what? like That's amazing. Man, she's really I fun. want Emma to be this cool character. But yeah, Beautiful. so I, it's like I you wonder, like, should it should we have had this scene at all? You know what I mean? Or should it have been like that, where it's just sort of sprung upon you that there was she was thinking about things and planning all or or do you like it where she's like, I have a plan. Here is the plan. Audience, you will not hear the plan, but you will see the plan. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know if there's like okay, a wrong so, way in principle to do it, but right. So, so I was assuming um, basically later they would rediscuss the plan or would mm-hmm. do something about the plan, so it would come up later. But if you're spoiling the entire thing now and mm-hmm. are saying the plan will come up kind of out of nowhere, then it's a bit weird. No, I think there are more. There are more iterations to come. Okay, we'll wait and yeah, see. We'll probably. wait and see. 
that's my feeling on it. Yeah. So what we do sort of see is Norman saying, like, well, well Emma saying, sort of expressing doubts about Ray, and Norman saying, "Don't worry, like, I'll talk to Ray. Let me talk to uh, Ray. I'll get Ray on board." That Emma did say the "I have a plan" thing in the manga. Uh, where? Chat, chat. You on the? You oh, I'm back in check. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Cool, great, perfect, awesome. Okay. Uh, thank you, Manira, for checking that. I need, like, this is what I need to be doing as host of the show that talks about it. Um, well, that's good. So, I lost my place. Um, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's not your fault. Um, yeah, so, The like, silence are hey, invading. No! <laughs> it's so awkward. It's hanging over us. Oppressive, oppressive. Um, so, like... Airlock Doc, he's a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> like like I said, Emma is expressing doubts about Ray. Um and Norman says he will get him on the level. He will talk to him about the plan and Ray will is going to help everyone escape and when Ray is doing mm-hmm. his skullduggery, he is quote unquote thinking of both of us, he says. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Well, it's still a lie because Ray did tell him, you know, I, it's just us three or nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Right. So that lie is still in effect. We've dealt with one, but there is still that one in play. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to, like, so Norman says, and, and I've got Ray uh, leaking false information to Mom currently. So cut to, in progress, Ray leaking false information to Mom. And he's saying, uh, well, Mom's saying, oh, so you got in a fight with Norman. That's where you got the, the bandage. Like, ah, oh, we had a difference of opinion. Also, Norman's trying to kill you, um, which is like, you know, it's funny. That's a thing that they talked about it's very funny, early yeah. as, mm-hmm. as a plan. You know, we have to kill mom with a fork. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to uh, sharpen this spoon. I'm coming, mom. Which it just, get you. just hearing Ray say mom's trying to kill you, like it just sounds exactly, disingenuous, yeah. <laughs> like coming at, but uh, so, like, he also learns, and we've no idea at this point whether or not this is mom also dropping false information, uh, because, again, she's sort of painted as always three moves ahead of the kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she could be very yeah. aware Ray's a double agent, and she's using that to manipulate them, mm-hmm. but she says, mm-hmm. like, there's no shit. She, she is painted as being three mm-hmm. moves ahead, but not really shown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. three moves ahead she's barely in these and like i'm really waiting for that moment where mom is like yes i knew about this now you're not doing it like and also i ruined this other plan b and like now you're staying home and, oh. like fuck okay i'm I'm really waiting for that moment yes mm. if ray was the one to suggest this but that's right i forgot that part so does emma in the episode say i have a like here's the plan it ray suggested it because Man- I, I that's what Manira says in I chat. Because like I can't recall. Okay. Well, every, it's, it's just, everything. In, in my opinion, in my no, opinion, it, it sounded like, like, like I don't need to worry about much about it. She, yeah, she came up with a plan at least. Well, like, it, here's, the, here's the reason it matters. Um, is because there's the the last shot in the show has everything to do with the plan that Ray was suggesting. Uh, but. We'll get there. The last shot of Crone's face. I mean, wait, spoiler. Oh, wait, was that not the last? Oh, well, there's 
there's a shot of like Norman in the bedroom oh my God. and and looking behind Ray's bed and opening up the floorboard and sees. Oh a yeah, of... what the fuck was that? Okay, so you that's know, probably okay. the tools he's been collecting. Well, that would be my guess. So you know how he tells Mom, Norman's trying to kill you. Norman's trying to poison you. So what we need to do is get rid of all the things he would poison you with. I'll take care of that. So I'll take these chemicals and hide them under my bed oh my God. and use oh, them for later. So I so so yes. So if this is the same plan that Emma's speaking of, then it makes sense. And the plan that I was talking about Emma having is entirely different. And yes, I did sort of halfway spoil something for everyone. I'm sorry about that. Uh, that's okay, my fault. so Ray, Ray, Ray suggested killing Mom, not Ray suggested the plan that Emma had. Yeah. No, 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 the latter. Ray suggested the plan that Emma is telling Norman about. No, Ray suggested killing Mom. Well, that, that too, early on, but that was, that was uh, poo-poo. But Emma's plan is not Emma's plan? The, well, the plan it, is not honestly, to kill Mom. Honestly, this doesn't matter. We don't, <laughs> specific. we don't need to worry about the specific issue of who said what. If Emma comes up with a cool plan, I'm all for it. If Ray tells Emma a plan, and then Emma is like, "Yes, okay, here's a plan." That sucks. Okay, well, Emma is the best character. Emma should be doing the shit. Yeah. Well, both, both don't add me. Both things happen, so don't you, don't worry. We'll be okay. Okay. Um. So the the way of the... looking at you <laughs> with raised karate hands. Uh, yeah. So everything. Yes. Everyone. Oh. I'm gonna have to go rewatch the episode because I'm very unclear. But yeah, the way I the way I have have put the picture together is that yes, for, again. So we have Ray uh, giving mom false information, like Norman wants to kill you. The actual plan, we have no idea whether or not it has to do with killing mom. Like this is just him saying, "Hey, Norman wants to kill you. He wants to poison you with chemicals. Let me get all the chemicals." and replace them with just water so he can't use them anymore. Um, so mm-hmm. he's clearly been taking all the chemicals and hiding them under his bed. Now, what we're unclear about is if, like, this, uh, what Ray is scheming has anything to do with what Emma was telling Norman. That's what we're unclear about. But um, anyway, so the last scene of the episode... Uh, oh no, we we need to talk about so there's no shipment next month in November. This is what yeah. I was saying. We don't know if mom is also dropping false information. There's apparently mom, like whenever she says that kind of stuff has like the weirdest special like facial expressions. Like yes, you know. <laughs> no, no. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Mm. No, yeah, no mm-hmm. ship you out just yes, Ray. Frog face. Still like, have some to me. <laughs> Like yeah, it's it's like the face that's like oh I will kill you you little shit <laughs> I know I know just and you wait <laughs> your yes. brain's gonna become food for Mr Obama he yeah. slash him <laughs> you know you know what your brain you know what your brain's gonna be sandwiched between the side of your skull couple of leaves of lettuce a slice of monterey jack and fucking relish you little twerp get ready it's happening uh, and that th- this conversation was very. Uh, I hate to use this word now that we've been talking about brain sandwiches. Meaty. Um, it was meaty because uh... because like there's all these little bits like you know Ray saying uh, okay so there's no shipment in November that means the next shipment will be in January. He wants to like so it'll be his twelfth birthday. Like 
Gosh. So is his, do we know if his, we're very unclear on the nature of, of Ray's agreement with mom specifically. Like we only have these hints to go by. Like it sort of sounds like that he made an agreement to not be shipped off early. Like, and to yes, live kind of, his days that, out in peace until he was 12. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's really weird. Because yeah, I thought, you know, being the snitch was basically, okay, he's not getting shipped out. Mm. So now she's like, yeah, okay, he's getting shipped out. So why did he do all of this for? Yeah, or like, it's weird. In, in, mom's, in mom's eyes, like, you know, his... Maybe she's changing like, it to, want, to want him. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so, so in mom's eyes, his allegiance wouldn't be, like, unwavering. It wouldn't be like, oh my god, okay, I will keep on your side because you're not going to kill me. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to kill him. So, why, like, I guess mom next episode will be revealed to not have trusted anyone ever. <laughs> Just using everyone no. for her own... Well, that's it. She was, she's, there's nothing to say that, you know, Ray was never anything but a disposable mm-hmm. tool for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yes, yes. I mean, the thing is, think of it this way. If she hadn't cancelled the shipment in November, the one in January would be going ahead regardless, mm-hmm. I would say, because it's monthly. So this, uh, like, and also bear in mind, she's under instructions to ship out the kids whenever. So she can decide that. So she's making an emphasis on, you know, when the next one's going to be, as in specifically points out to, you know, Ray, oh, well, you know, look who's got the short straw here. It's you. <laughs> so I think that she's using that as like, you know, <clears throat> A way of reminding him, and maybe she, the thing is, he just says the shipment's gonna be that one. Maybe she won't do it. There's nothing, you know. There's no explicit mention that she'll do it. But I think that you know, it's just a reminder that the guillotine is can't perpetually over his head. What a shitty agreement! Like, yeah, that's a pretty shitty, especially since he, he has high scores high anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he wouldn't have been shipped anyway. So what the hell? I mean, why not? Also, just... like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're one. You know, let me just say, you know, your super important shipment, right? And you have the one spy, the one source of information who has been very accurate with the information so far. So your one source of information, you want to, like, put his allegiance in danger by reminding him, yeah, you're going to die. I mean, maybe... So, like, he basically has no reason not to betray her. Maybe well, the thing is, uh... very... Well, that you forget, though, maybe he might. Maybe the way is to do that is not necessarily, you know, he won't betray mom, but maybe he'll betray Emma and you know Norman. Push the buttons, see right. what, see if see if he'll react in the opposite way, which would be to turn on them instead. Okay. It... So, so basically, you know, then like two episodes from now, she'll give him the option. Okay, you can either try to run away or whatever, or you can like stay in the home and you can become a mom when you grow up. As long as you give up your friends. Mom, Mama Ray. <laughs> Mom Ray. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, that's it. Yeah, well, it's... it's yeah, it's unclear. Chess. Like, Chess. Is, it, is, it, is he just a little James Dean who's like, you know, life past 12 years old is going to be boring and <laughs> shitty anyway. Don't, don't oh, let yeah. me live a day past 12. I want to die young. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like... So yeah, I'm very Ray. Ray died mm. in a car accident back to his home planet. Exactly. <laughs> um, James. So was there a line about Ray? Yes. He's sure... like, yes, please, mate, mate. He he specifically asked for Norman and Emma not to be shipped out yet. That's right, because those are mm-hmm. his. Um... I don't get it. Uh, was to... that before? Was that line before he was told that the shipment had been delayed anyway? Because if that's the case, that would make sense. I think so. Maybe. 
Yeah. I don't remember. Because, like, yeah, I mean, it would make sense to him asking for that because, like, he's seen so many people go. Like, they've been the only constants in his life that he can call friends. So, yeah, let my friends stay alive too, please. Oh, or alternative interpretation. Maybe there's a bit of that. Maybe it's just more the pragmatism of that he needs both of He needs, yeah. Oh, that's, you're totally right about that. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. Like, these high that's scorers, the I want them alive. Could, <laughs> yeah. could, could, could be either way. I mean, I would ask it's the question both. if Ray's been building to his escape for so long, how come he hasn't done it yet? Can he not do it by himself? Probably not. Just saying. Just probably saying. not. Though there's probably no way to do it by yourself. Um, Maybe Ray has a big bomb in his brain. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, certainly, there's it, it, his chances of surviving outside of the farm would be very, very just small by himself. If he yeah. was by himself, and he's he's probably thought about that far ahead. Anyway, yeah, so. I mean, I can tell you one way immediately you do that. You need to have people watching at night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he falls asleep, you know, and he's on his own, he's got no one covering him. You there need you to have people to eat when things go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. When the boat when the boat begins when to the sink boat, yes. and you run out of food. You gotta When you can't see any seagulls anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um okay. So we talked about the stash of chemicals underneath Ray's bed. And mm-hmm. we've not necessarily speculated about what they may be. Do we want to speculate about what what is Without going knowing what they that? are or what the tracking device is even are, it's not really. I'm not. I can't think of much right now. We don't have enough information. Okay, okay so sp- speculate how they're going to make mom not check the tracking device. Or what? Well, we don't know. I don't know. Like, we he, don't know what just, they are. This is just him speculating on their use. We haven't right. said okay. they, like how okay. they will be okay. used. Um, we, how how we will they, they, no, they will pour bleach in mom's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Uh, do you like that one. pine fresh scent, you bitch? I mean, like basically, Don Don Flamenco was fucking able to pickpocket mom, just like that. So why can't <laughs> you just grab the thing? It's like, oh no, I put it in the washing machine. Is it going to be like Fallout Three's? You know, uh, you can pop a grenade in someone's inventory. There'll oh be a fifty-three percent chance. I mean, all, these, all the ingredients they picked up thus far look like things you'd get from a Fallout like three or four. They sure do. Like, oh my god. So I'm just waiting for, you know, Ray to, uh, to take all of them to the crafting benches and mill them into Yeah, bullets. they just need to find a crafting bench. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we don't have a crafting bench. Okay, I'm going to need, like, two screwdrivers and, like, a, a, a thing to put on the desk, and now it's a crafting bench. Now it has yep. special powers. Yep. Ray, Ray ends up building the trash gun from Fallout 3 and shoots teddy bears at people. It's... Oh, oh, my God, they raid rooms. They, they made... They... <laughs> They raid mom's room. <laughs> no, I'm going to go one back. They bet. do not go made Rom's room. <laughs> That's Gears of War. Yep, yep. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one better and just say if they do make the trash good, I hope that you know when Ray or Emma ever fires it, mom, he says this one's for Connie, and little Connie <laughs> just flies out, smacks her in the face. T-shirt gun. Uh, enjoy this. Yes. Enjoy this horrible lockpicking mini game. Oh, oh. you know th- this one has your name on it, and then the bunny comes out, and like it's slow motion. The bunny's rotating, and in the back it says "Mom." That would be for that. Okay, so moving on past the chemicals, I think the last thing we have left to talk about is um, 
Uh, she's back, folks, after uh, oh, a couple God. weeks hiatus. Sister Is Crone! It... Sorry, yeah, the return. sound of music. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's what the first thing was that pops in my head when I started doing that dance. Lots I'm just like, of woman, you're Ballet. Uh, faces are happening on my screen. What a fucking <laughs> reintroduction of this character, right? I'm like, I'm... In in this chat, I will read now what I was saying at the time, because okay. basically I was I was watching this thing, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, oh my god, hey, uh, wow, Crone, you know, Crone hasn't shown up, you know, Crone has basically like hundred percent just disappeared from this shit, uh, and then right as I type that in our chat that we have here on Discord, Crone shows up. Making the most horrible crone face crone mm-hmm. has ever croned. Oh my god. <laughs> like, yeah. this is the worst caricature face ever in this show. It was so bad. It's pretty mm-hmm. rough. It's pretty I mean, rough. I was thinking it's, to myself, uh, I was thinking to myself, oh, all right, you know, slightly rocky opening 30 seconds of the show, but it's been really, really good so far. Cereal, uh, and, and then just the sound of a free car car crash in my head. And I'm I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the, the controversial opinion. Aside oh. from the horrible face at the beginning. I think this was a very good reintroduction of Crone. And this was the best scene Crone has ever had. That's mm-hmm. a, she not a, she, yeah. a low bar to uh, clear. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, right? Her actually being back here right now. I've if stepped she over wasn't pieces completely... of paper. <laughs> If she wasn't completely hamming it up, mm-hmm. so like and chewing the scenery, oh, just, oh my god, yes, like she a would have been fine. Because the intent, like, it is terrifying that she's there now, partly because she's back for the audience, but for the kids, like, it is genuinely a bad thing that she's there. And says, "I know your secret." <laughs> yeah, like, so some uh, Felix asked. You know, she can't be this theatrical in the manga. Like, I truly don't. Maybe it's the lack of the motion, but I honestly do, don't recall her like being drawn, like doing pirouettes and shit. Like, you know her, her faces it... are absolutely like oh exaggerated, God. and even worse, like in the manga, if you can believe it. Like, it's the face. The facials are are bad. Um, but like James says. Like they actually do have uh, internal monologues, so she doesn't have to like hold the doll and dance around and talk to the doll and stuff like that. So like, I feel like that part of her character, and we talked about this before, um, it was different, and she felt like more of a world building tool than um, than this character that needed to be different than Isabella. And so we, she's got to be spicy, and Isabella's cold and icy. Uh, yeah, which mm-hmm. is what I think they're kind of going for here. In the anime, which is uh, bleh, um, mm-hmm. by and large, but but yeah, I mean, she's you know, I I, mean, I, it, I it didn't, is... I wasn't like hating my life throughout mm-hmm. these like few seconds that she was on screen, except for like the the, the introduction, like the the introduction was so bad. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, like I think the over like theatricality here kind of works because she's trying to super intimidate these children. Like, basically, like, drive the point very slowly that, hey, I know what you're up to and kind of make a, a weird impression, which kind of works here, I think. He, me, 
sooth. I think. Right. Um, yeah, she knows the secret. I say, I just wish that she wasn't, you know, the character, the character, sorry, the, the casting character that she is. Like, I know yeah. it's a weird thing to say, a casting character in an anime, but she is the only one who is a casting character in the show. Yeah. And it, yeah. No fucking. Can we talk about how she's introduced? Like fucking, the children are walking, Mm. and you get a small glimpse of Maid Apron behind the tree. Yeah, the screen bleaches out in color; it fades partially to white, and you get close-ups of all the characters, slow motion, horrified expressions. It's so amazing. It's so good! <laughs> I love it! Oh. Like, if, if you had to introduce a character that not only horrifies mm-hmm. the characters, but also horrifies anyone that watches the anime by how, by how horrible she is, mm-hmm. how would you introduce her? How would you make an impactful introduction? That's exactly how you would do it. They did it! Wonderful direction. Um... A... <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe if it was like a different character, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe, if, di- maybe, maybe if we hadn't been mom. poisoned, <laughs> like by everything else. Um, yeah. So, so in, in this case, it's like okay, I have a very bad memory. So it's been like two full episodes without Crone. So basically, okay, Crone was weird. I guess oh, she's crazy. So I don't know. Right. Like she kind of shows up again. At, in my brain, it's kind of like almost like a clear, like clean slate reintroduction kind of. Mm. So she's laying low, mom is on to her or whatever. And now she's like, okay, now I'm in the plot. And now I'm intimidating these children with my weird antiques. It's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, the bar is not very high, but I like, I like this better than her talking to herself and doing these weird oh, things on absolutely. her own and being yeah. massively crazy. Like, now she's just kind of intimidating. Now yeah. it has yeah. kind of a purpose. Yeah. yeah, her theatrics are actually now being passed through the children's experience, through the character's mm-hmm. experience. It's not strictly for the benefit of the audience, where it's just exactly. completely and utterly tonally like, deaf and ill-advised and ill-thought-out. So it's a Shadon, little bit. Shadon just uses the big words. I should let him talk. I don't know why I'm no, you you made the point. Oh, you, you use, use, the, use the big words. Come on, give uh, me some it big felt, words. It felt very similitudinous. I am discombobulated. Thanks, verbose McBig words. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You're so garrulous. Garrulous. How do you pronounce that? Uh, not garrulous. I was thinking gregarious is what I meant to say. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, so, boy, uh, we have the, like, uh, the, the deal with, I hate, the bargain, (laughs) the bargain is proposed, the, the deal with the Mm -hmm. devil, right? Uh, Crone says, join me, like, you know the secret, I know you know the secret, let's join forces to defeat the Zerg, humans and Protoss alike. Uh, so like yeah and then that's the end of the episode uh do you think that they will join her do you think i mean they're kind of cornered wouldn't you say i'm gonna wait and i'm gonna reserve judgment on that until we see next episode and get some more info 
Like, yeah, I guess what, like, what, what does do? she want? Like, what is she? What's the deal? Yeah, what if you what if you kill Isabella for me? Oh boy, there. Woo. Mm. Yeah, that, that would be. That could be what's a, what's a better show that I've seen that basically one of the characters like, yeah, what if you kill this person or something? Okay, this this rings vibes. I, I, I there's something familiar here. You keep going. Okay. Okay. Hibernate and all right. We got perform some brain power. Do we have some talking points, Shadon? I know that you've you've got a big. So for anyone, uh, there have been several people who have come in kind of late. Shadon has uh, an expansive theory regarding uh, Billy Minerva uh, and his (laughs) Morse code laden uh, book stickers and Phil and everything. So. Let me Phil's hit. a joke theory, so don't worry about <laughs> okay. him. Phil, well, let me well, hit the talking points button here. Talking points. If you take, if you don't take Phil seriously, he'll show up at your door, <laughs> ring your doorbell three times. What's <laughs> coming? It's true. Coming. It's true. Okay. okay. So no, on the first day, he rings your doorbell three times, <laughs> and then on the second day, he rings it one time. Man, the and next just yells <laughs> Phil outside your door. God damn! The next time anything like remotely spooky at my house happens, like if the power goes out, I'm gonna like sit up and say, "Phil, <laughs> God, what are you here talking to?" Oh, it's nothing, darling. Don't mind me. Uh, right. So let's talk about uh, Mr. Minerva here, and also the idea of when is it okay for characters to fuck each other? Because if you've been listening to our podcast for a while now, you probably heard me complain a lot of times, like this character's a dipshit, and I fucking hate them because they're a dipshit. You should have done this thing. But there are other times where I've been like, I like the fact that they've cocked up here. This is good. This is good drama. And so I've been having to think on this since I watched this episode. And I think I've come to a distinction, which is that it's okay for characters to fuck up if it's the narrated intent. What do I mean by narrative intent? If the writer deliberately meant for them to mess up in a way that makes logical sense, you know, in context, because they don't have the correct knowledge, because they're distracted by other outside issues, you're like... If you've just been through a tragic experience, obviously you might not be thinking straight, that kind of thing. As opposed to the other example, which I'm going to go back to Frank's for this, like one of the things I remember is that they decided to keep tilling the earth when it was turned out to be infertile. Did, why did they keep doing that? Was it because of a plot point, you know, where they were like, well, we've got to do something? No, they just kept doing it because the writers didn't think about ah, what they were talking about. So many things I've forgotten yeah. that you. Ah! Oh. Yeah. Now, why is this relevant to Mr. Minerva, you might be thinking to yourself? Here's the thing, right? Ray voices a little bit of skepticism here, but I am hugely skeptical about the authenticity of whoever this guy is, or even if he is real. Why am I saying that? Firstly, this is a point I also made in Frank's, but Frank's, in that case, was a badly written piece of shit, whereas I'm actually giving the Promised Neverland the credit it, it should be due. The library that they have is something that's been cultivated by, you know, mom and who presumably whoever supplied it from the outside world. If they want to keep the kids in, you know, a state of docile happiness, like, it, I don't know if you've been reading them, but I've got to give quick shouts to Emily Rand, who's doing uh, a number of articles on The Promised Neverland, she goes along. And she brought up 1984. And the way 1984's dystopia works, as Emily's rightly pointed out, is it was based on misinformation. Mm-hmm. They rewrote history by saying, you know, that rather than the plane being re- invented by the Wright brothers, it is invented by the party. So, if you want to keep the kids, you know, docile, why would you ever give them information about Morse code, for example? Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever, you know, have all of these labels in these books? Because if the kids can spot them, surely whoever's been putting them there can. 
Why? I don't know. Like, I don't know about that. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. 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 I'm not. I don't want to discredit your whole theory or anything like that. I guess I just want to like ask the like question. I mean, for instance, I mean, I just if if I was like curating their library, like I would never in a million years have bothered to check (laughs) if you know what I mean. Like, it would never have occurred to me the circle. Even reading, even if I was like, oh, here's a child's book about Morse code, like, I, I probably wouldn't have even looked you at probably, the sticker. You probably, yeah, you wouldn't even, like, read the entire thing well, and see that well, it's a Morse code. Uh, this, is why, this is why I said I'm not done, because I want to explain yes. further on the okay. what I was What I was going to say is basically... Fuck, I forgot. Okay, hold the thought. Okay, so so also, why do they have maps of the outside world? They have light world maps, which we've seen a number of times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why give them hints that there is anything outside that's worth being interested? Why tell about Morse code? Why have this William Minerva's labeled on here? So here's my thinking. First off, I am skeptical. I could, in theory, point to you and say, hey, maybe they're there deliberately by the people running, you know, the farm. They want them to escape for some as of yet unexplained reason mm-hmm. and this is one way of seeding hints for them to do that same with the map you know give them hints of ideas about the outside world that gate we saw in the first episode that's barely up to my knee why even have that there if it's not some you know unless it was a hint for them to go over it now that's a lot of wild speculation here the reason why i'm bringing this up in relevance to the idea of characters fucking up though is because emma buys immediately into this idea that there is an ally out there when the evidence for it is incredibly thin at this particular point in time could turn out to be true it could be. But for me, it seems at the moment like she's putting a lot of emphasis on this being a thing that they can rely on when they've got so little to go on. And that, to me, is a mistake that she's made. Not a mistake that it will necessarily cause many immediate problems now, but could potentially further down the line. I mean, what if it turns out to be like the ending of The Fault in Our Stars, where they find Mr. Minerva and he's like 80 years old, drinking his way through a bottle of booze and says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't think anyone would actually find me here. Uh, I got nothing for you. We're all fucks. Could be that. Here's the thing, though, and here's why I like this. That would be cool. I hope that happens. <laughs> I hope they meet William is... Minerva and he's just like, oh, Jesus, I did put the fucking Morse code in there. Oh, my God, that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> I've totally yeah, given up like since then. <laughs> mm. I just want to fish, yo. Damn kids, get up my lawn. Um, well, the point being is this. Right? This is actually a way of demonstrating Emma's character. Because mm-hmm. Emma, as we've seen, believes greatly in other people. Right. So she'll even believe in a person she's never met who could just be an entirely fictional construct or could even be an enemy. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I think that this is a way of how, through another mistake that she's making by putting too much faith in this otherwise, you know, completely like been on the ground, even potentially coincidental load of evidence in front of them of an owl. It still shows that she does genuinely believe in the you know, the promise of the people out there who would look after me, who would care for me, a resistance maybe of some sort. Who knows? Who knows exactly what she's thinking of and how she wants to see it? But she believes in that. And that's another way of enhancing her character by reading into that, which I really, really appreciate. So that's what I'm saying about when characters are allowed to mess up. If it's narratively intended for them to cock up because it, you know, helps drive the story forward in a meaningful way or helps them develop, you know, get knocked down, you get back up again, you go for a little bit of an arc. I think that's really welcome. So I really appreciate that. The mystery of Minerva, you know, that'll come along later, but we'll find out. Oh, before I forget, interesting. Before I forget, let's also talk about the mythological reference here, because Minerva is a Roman god. 
Minerva was the Roman god of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Now, I actually have the Wikipedia article up here. Mm -hmm. According to this, and I quote, following the Greek myths around Athena, uh, Minerva, she, was born of Metis, who had been swallowed by Jupiter and burst from her father's head, fully armed and clad in armor. Yep. Uh, Jupiter falsely impregnated Metis, which was on the same shape, blah, blah, blah. Jupiter, Jupiter recalled... did a lot of that shit. <laughs> yeah. Jupiter then recalled the prophecy that his own child would overthrow him as he had Saturn, and in turn, Saturn had Calus. Why is this relevant to what I've been talking about? Here's the thing, right? You might know Metis from, of all things, Persona, Persona. 3. <laughs> no, no, now, here's the thing, right? Metis in Greek myth uh, was, an, was a word that meant nobody. It came from nothing. So if you take that in this context, Minerva has come from nothing as the one side, Jupiter right. the other. Jupiter, you know, in my view, meaning the enemy, you know, the demons. Hmm. And so that, again, feeds into my theory that whatever, you know, weight there might be behind it, that they intend for the kids to escape as a kind of test. And that's so Minerva is just a complete fabrication to give them hints along that along that route but then bear in mind the prophecy so part of Even the though, um, part of the simulation is that they learn they're in the simulate like but but that is also a simulation right mm -hmm. okay that's interesting yeah. all right please continue yeah um but bear in mind also the prophecy element of this which is that Jupiter is then destroyed by his own child right so even though jupiter intends to use you know uh intent like in this context like jupiter being the demons uses metis to lure you know kids out, like, sorry, uses uh, Minerva to let the kids out, the kids then use Metis, even though it was complete fiction, mm -hmm. to, you know, overthrow them. Now, whether or not this whole hold any fucking war was, mm -hmm. is a different man. Uh, but the final thing I'll know is just, because you might be curious why an owl's there, uh, Minerva the goddess is indeed associated with owls, as a, and wisdom. is the yeah. uh, patron of wisdom and strategic warfare. Mm -hmm. So, hmm, beard-stroking time. <laughs> So I, I was going to say, like, basically, Emma's stance towards this is less, oh, my God, we have an ally. Oh, my God, let's go find this dude. Oh, my God, let's do this. It was more like hope that basically someone must have put this there. So means there, there must be humans out. There might be someone we can turn to. There might be other people who have gone through what we have been going through. Mm -hmm. So I saw it as more that kind of hope rather than, oh, you know, ally something i something. don't quite agree i think that she's leading into it as a literal person okay um, i think that's my personal interpretation of it she places weighty emphasis on introducing uh ray and norman to mr Minerva. um right. so, uh, so and plus and plus the specific messages as well that they you know the words that are in there they believe that there are hints to be found in this particular piece of fiction if it was just a thing of hope they wouldn't take any stock in the actual books themselves yeah well, I mean, there is a, a mythology book there, so maybe it does talk about that stuff. Whatever. Possibly. Yeah, I'm curious, again, is the mythology book the one with the whole circle? Uh, or is it the one with with, with uh, promise? I feel like... I feel like one... Basically, my kind of theory is uh, the book that says promise in it is what Minerva is hinting at could be the future. And the one that has the whole circle in it is the one that is their present reality analogously. 
So like I want to know which one it is. Is there a is there a young adult adventure novel that just is the Promise Neverland story <laughs> that has the whole circle in it? Uh, that's Let's find out um, next time. Uh, next time on Dragon Ball Z, believe it or not, right? Or believe it maybe. So <laughs> maybe. So but like, yeah, like I, I I was wondering about. Oh, do you have something? No, I was going to change the subject. So if if you were talking oh, about okay. this, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead. So so you also mentioned like you know why do they have why do they give children like maps of oh, the area? Oh yeah, this is what I was going to talk oh, about too. Maps of the world, <laughs> like, stuff. Like basically, yeah, they they give children a lot of information about the outside world. Uh, a lot of it seemed to be like from two thousand five, two thousand fifteen, or something like a lot of time ago. But basically, um. I figured it would be basically to kind of have them have hope, make the entire thing seem more normal, make them like not kind of, because we're dealing with smart children. We're dealing with children that score big numbers on the intelligence test. Obviously, like some of them might have had uh, doubts if they, if, if there weren't books, if there wasn't any mention of the outside world or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine, or maybe if the child is happy, the brain tastes better. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Okay, so this is uh, what I was gonna. Oh wait, no, sorry. Go you. you no, go. No, sorry, no. After after you done. After you. Okay. No. Okay. I was just gonna say regarding this point that I think that there are two kind of two reasons, or at least two things that sprung to my mind when you were saying like, why are they privy to all this information? in in libraries mm-hmm. and the way that um grant from the blade licking thieves podcast breaks he he has an interesting kind of framing device for this mm-hmm. sort of thing he talks about um what is it uh how does he put it uh watsonian reasons and doylian reasons so that's his way of talking about in universe and out of universe reasons like mm-hmm. the reason Characters will do things like you can explain it according to the fiction or you can explain it like according to kind of uh, the um, the fact that it's in a novel, the fact that the author wants to do this or that. So I think the in-universe reason, the Watsonian reason, is that the kids need stimulation, right? That like as kids grow up um, from ages 6 to 12, like they are voracious learners and like Vork mm-hmm. said, like they want the brain to like to grow and grow and grow and yeah. um be stimulated and that's why they're loved as well as intellectually nurtured. But then I guess the, the your follow up question would be, well why not alter the information? Why not yep. why not give them a bunch of things that's to a, look? that's the nine eighty four reference I made because that's specifically what they do is control the populace. Mm-hmm. So like I think f- to to answer this one I might lean on uh, Doylean reasoning or, or out out of universe reasoning and say like I guess the author maybe was thinking the author may be less interested in them kind of separating true facts from false facts and more like just trying to kind of get out of their situation that that do you know what I mean like that that would add that would add like a bunch of more kind of like they would have to f- uncover more lies uncover the truth of them like that would add all these other obstacles that then then it might really start to become unbelievable that children could suss out the truth of all this stuff and you know what i mean i don't know this is just what i I mean like already (laughs) i i would say already we don't really know much about what the world is outside so we are already going to be uncovering 
like situations and seeing what the world is like. So I don't yeah. think I'm, kind I'm of not... having misleading information would even complicate things. Things are already complicated. Yeah, yeah that's, no, uh, that's, that's, that's true, but that's not what I'm trying to get out here. I'm trying to say that, as again, in 9A4, even though, you know, the world of 94 is revealed to be a fake thing, at least the attempt could be made by the authorities to mislead them or limit what information they receive in order to spare control them. So I'm just curious as to, you know, are they doing that deliberately in order to entice them to have that mindset, you know, to be aware of the outside world? And for what reason do they then want them to get out there? Maybe if that's the right. reason at all. Right. So, and you're like... Yeah. I'm not saying they have to be successful here. I'm just saying that they can fr- that they should at least be trying it if that's what they want to do to have a stable sure. population. Sure, sure. And you're, from a from a Watsonian in-universe point of view, that makes sense. I think Borg and I are just saying from the author's point of view, like that the, the explanation is she doesn't want to make the story too like that much more complicated too difficult too difficult essentially for the children too unbelievable yeah and and have mm. kind of too many things to untangle for the audience like too many levels of of truth and falsehood uh i guess have they mentioned in the anime like the dates on the books or the maps mm. 2015 something like that like they 40 years ray, ago or something yeah. okay ray mentions about the technology being used by yeah. the radio okay Okay, I'm so actually have talked about that. Middle. That is good. I'm actually in the middle. I'm actually like, okay, so even if that le- layer of indirection was added, uh, basically, they're going to get out anyway, and we don't know what the world is like. Mm-hmm. It's like our our current, like, you know, it's like our current information is like, okay, the world is normal, or the world has monsters, and we don't know. Even our current information. Yeah has the exact same kind of current, like real world information has the exact same kind of uh, power or the exact kind of same place as false misinformation. And imagine... Because we don't know what the world is like. Uh Uh-huh. And like imagine... So you could could be onto something with talking about the the gate, right? Like the, the tiny, like little gate that they can hop over. Like not a real obstacle. Um, and the idea of not having like a giant fucking 20 foot high concrete wall with guard towers is to let the children feel more at ease so that they can grow yeah. it and develop and feel loved and feel like they're, they're not caved in. in. So, so like, like mm-hmm. perhaps the yeah. idea is like, the, see, and they're the aliens. I mean, again, talking in universe here, the, uh, the aliens. The mutant, the the demons are probably not thinking about like we need to make sure these little kids don't escape. Uh, they're probably they're motivated by brain tastes good when intellectual and healthy and loved. So they're just like give them the knowledge. Like we want them to be loved and we want them to be like they're they're probably not even thinking. Boy, if they get a hold of these maps, so, they're gonna escape and and so get what, out what of I'm here. You know what is, I mean? Yeah, so what I'm thinking is, you know, since this is not the only farm, uh, obviously this is not the only farm. Maybe this is, like, mom's way of doing things. Like, this farm has been been specifically selected to give children to he slash him. So, clearly, this this farm (laughs) is held, like, to higher regard. This farm is kind of outputting high-quality results. Maybe it really depends on how... Like the individual moms run things. I wouldn't, yeah. like I mentioned before, I wouldn't be surprised if basically 
they, the children escape. They find a different farm and it's run completely differently. Like the children are miserable. There's a high fence or whatever. We have that kind of stuff. So like the vaults from Fallout. Yeah, kind of, um, kind of. Yeah, and the the best way to to raise them and to have them not be suspicious about anything is to have it not be a prison. Really, have it just operate as an orphanage. Imagine if some smart, precocious child discovers discrepancies in history books. You know what I mean? If they yeah. if they don't do a good job of managing the misinformation and controlling it, like, and then they start to be like, they start to think, oh, what's true? Lies. Like, well, oh no, am I living yeah, a lie? So, so, so mom, maybe mom no. was like, maybe mom was basically one of the first people to figure that kind of stuff out and turn this into like a science and get out really good results. And that's how she ended up running this the way yeah. it is. I, I should stress, I'm not actually criticizing the anime for this in the slightest. I am just theorizing, you know, mm-hmm. why it is the way it is. This isn't like Frank's where they inexplicably had books no. about farming. No. That was bullshit, <laughs> let's be honest. No, I think this is, uh, this is interesting to think about. I'm really glad you brought it up, mm. actually. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's where, that's where I got the idea from, from Emily mentioning uh, 984 specifically. Yeah. Because I am very much of the opinion that, I, I mean, even then, you know, like how I said before about how characters can make mistakes and it's okay? Same thing here. They really have given them too much information by accident. They could you have. Know? They could have. Yeah, and, I mean, and, Minerva, um... Minerva's Morse code was dependent on them mm-hmm. knowing to decipher for Morse code in the first place. So, uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot to unpack here. And I'm just curious, you know, if he even does exist or not. Like, there's a lot of mystery about him. But I, the main point I was trying to make was that it enhances Emma's character by having her put that particular belief in this person who at present and could well yeah. be just entirely fictional character. For sure. Because it reminds us I, of her. I love that we're assuming Minerva is a dude, even though <laughs> Minerva's not a dude name. Well, first name William. Oh, it, but was it William? It okay. was William, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that there can't be a lady called William. That could happen. Uh, it is I've, It is 2045. Uh, nobody, nobody would her write name, and, and name? a lady <laughs> named Bill. A name? A pseudonym? You know, Hello, okay. here is my girlfriend, Bob. Billy Jean Minerva. A, not, 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 that's, that's, not a, that's a different kind. Um, that's a di- whatever. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. uh, the last thing I'll say comparing 1984, like the party, the state, and that versus the demons, like the, 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 the state... party spring break. Uh, they they definitely are like the main objective is control of the citizenry there, and like they're thinking about like. How do we manipulate these um, fully formed human beings? Like, how do we control people? The demons are just thinking about the, They think of us like cows. You know what I mean? They're not thinking about us as like these amazing, intelligent. They're just like, how do we grow the best meat? Um, they're not really like obsessed with uh, control and getting the the cows to believe certain things about the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, that, that's why I wouldn't stress about it too much. Although I think it is an interesting, again, a, a really interesting thing to bring up. <clears throat> All right. Uh, anyone else have any talking points? Oh, I, we, I think we've hopefully said everything we have to say. In the last well, two hours. I have, I have, I have. Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm good. But one, you got more. I'll bring I, it. I'm ready. I got time. Hit me. I have. I have one more. That I just want to open the floor. This is not something I really want to spend too much speculating about. But I did put a poll. Open don't the know if, floor. Get and I don't know if um, <laughs> I don't know if you two like actually saw the poll. Question for you. So I don't know if we brought this up in the discussion, but we noted that you know little bunny was down there in that hidden room. But so were a lot of other trophies are like yes. toys for the children. So question for you. 
Option A, is mom keeping them down there as, you know, like slightly grief-stricken reminders of the horrible things she must do? Mm. Or B, is it her trophy collection? B. It's B. I mean, I called it... I, I called it like last episode. Why? I mean, why keep? Oh, she's gonna why, have a bunch of trophies. I, I'm pretty why, sure it's. I mean, why keep them at all? Because, or C or C. There's a limited stuffed toy budget, and she has to recycle them every few years. <laughs> oh, oh, that's cold. Because if or you think C, it's this their way. collector's <laughs> items from 2015 <laughs> and on eBay in 2045 are worth like 30 pounds each. That is so. Doc, that's so cold though. Because if you think about it, when they, when she's got like every single kid out of the way who say knew Connie and knew who little bunny was, here you go. This toy's brand newish, a little worn, but you Maybe. know, wow, that's really that's, that's pretty good cold. actually. That's pretty good oh. actually. Fuck. Um, if you want my opinion on this, I'm actually going to probably say that it might be a little bit of everything. Because... It might be a little bit of everything. Yeah. So yeah. like so like I mean you know B is like oh trophies I I don't I don't I'm not sure if I necessarily see her as like oh I kill these children I keep their toy. <laughs> well, it doesn't need to be that extreme. Uh, yeah, exactly, you know. exactly. But she she kind of maybe. Uh, we don't really know her backstory. I think we know right. that her kind of backstory was a bit like harsh or something. Something was mentioned at some point. <laughs> uh, Manera, just to just to say what I should see was Doc suggested that maybe that the. the the toys are given back out again at some point, um, which we fleshed out to the idea of once you've got one batch of kids out, you keep all the toys and you give them out to the next generation of sorts. So, which, which is, is colder. That's colder than keeping them as trophies because that's, <laughs> like a, yeah. that's a complete absence of attachment even to the things in the first place. Just like, here you go. So, well, well, yeah. Mom so far has shown like a range of emotions that range from... <laughs> I will I will lie to you children yeah. to I will kill you you little shit. Yes, I'll kill you with my That's stare. the range <laughs> that's that's the range of emotions. Mm. She did spend a little bit of time looking at Connie's picture previously before removing him. So I, uh, maybe there's tiny 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 bit, tiny bit. I hope we get um I hope we get her backstory. Um because all we've all we have gotten is like yeah, her her smiling face, her her front, and then her like you know talk with the demons, and then her like talks with Ray, and yeah. So I, I hope we get her backstory. This will be interesting to it'll be interesting to revisit this question down the road um, mm-hmm. when we know Same more. Same with everyone's going to ask it because this is the thing: it's a mystery story, and it's still gradually evolving. I mean, mm-hmm. Minerva's symbol is at the very end of each episode, but this is the first time it's been introduced actually within the episodes proper. I didn't know what the fuck that was until this oh. point. Okay, I don't watch yeah. the openings and endings. Oh my god, oh. I'm missing out. You don't get, you get to see Emma punching through a puzzle. I've oh, seen yeah. that like <laughs> once. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, so I have no idea what that's symbolic, was. dude. Been there, done that. I got it. Um, Fair enough. So yeah, it's unraveling, and we're going to learn more details. Mm-hmm. So maybe it'll be worth revisiting. You know, the misinformation, the is Minerva real or fake thing. Uh, are they, you know, mom's equivalent of her Xbox Live achievement rack? Who the fuck can say? You know, a new one just popped. So, uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we uh, should we rate the episode, or should should you tell us, polls. check in the polls? So I'll we check in the polls first. Um, so I put out, put out three questions here. You can find these on our Twitter at Warrior Show. Uh, the first one: 
Is Phil, the secret, hidden in plain sight, evil cosmic horror god ruling over the earth in the promised Everland? And there are two questions answers to this. One of them is praise to the evil one, and that's currently 7%. Um, the other one being, nah, he's a regular oh my kid. God, did you hear that? <laughs> Phil knocking at your door. Oh my god. I think I think I saw a child in my room. Oh god. Phil, Phil is that you? Phil? <laughs> no, <laughs> Phil, don't take me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Vargelia. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Oh uh, hello, this is Phil. Oh hi, guys. <laughs> I knew it. It's a deep voice for a four-year-old. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were a spawn uh, he's, he's a robot, come on. <laughs> um, so that was the first question. The second one is, based on the evidence presented in episode six of the show, do you believe William Minerva is an ally from the outside, as Emma says? Uh, 80% say, oh, show. And 20% say, nah. So people lean towards that. And lastly, uh, does the collection of children's toys in Isabella's hidden room suggest A, guilt regarding the children, or B, trophies of results? We've got 67 to 33. Uh, so those polls are open for another six days. So get on that, folks. Offer your opinions. Uh, be careful of offending Phil, though, by, you know, saying he's a regular kid. He might get offended by that. I just had to type Eldritch swatting into the chat because I'm pretty sure that's what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, hey guys, I'm back. Song. Hello, fe fellow humans. I am also back. Uh, I'm, I, I, it is me. It is me, your human friend, <laughs> Valerie. Hello. Good time for Galia. That's my name. <laughs> I am here to spread the fun and the joy. Two positive human emotions. Oh, lordy. <laughs> well, thank you for handling the Twitter, Shadon. Uh, My pleasure. So I would rate this episode, I would say, I am actually, I'm going to go a smidge lower than usual and say, uh three and three quarters uh, eldritch horrors dressed as children out of, <laughs> out of five. Just because there was, I didn't really talk about this, but um, my, my kind of viewing experience of it was like, I just didn't feel the urgency that I usually felt. Like kind of midway through the episode, I found myself getting a little, maybe it's just because I know what's happening, but I was just kind of a little... Bored is too strong of a word, but, you know, started checking my phone, got a little restless. Disengage? Yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't, like, grabbing me and pulling me along like the show can do when it's at its best. And again, I fully acknowledge that this could have everything to do with me being a manga reader. So that's hmm. where I'm at. Hmm. Uh, Valgalia, do you want to rate the episode? Yes, this episode gave me a lot of feelings in my heart muscle. I felt them. <laughs> Is that your fanfiction writing voice again, then? <laughs> Sounds like a comment I'd see from there. Sounds of mandibles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Well, I mean, I've already like gushed on about this episode. I think this is one of my favorite episodes, like from this show. And you suck for not liking it because it develops it's great. so many characters in such good ways. It advances the kind of character dynamic for everything. Three and three quarter stars. <laughs> Amazing episode. Okay, so my rating is, uh, if there were 10 of this ep- these episodes, I would have put nine of them in the bottom right corner of our stream, in the gremlin, chaotic, evil corner. Fair okay. enough. Okay. Um, okay. The, for me, <laughs> like, I mean, we haven't talked about that much this time around, but again, like, lots of great directional touches. Uh, I was a bit confused about opening up on what was a spinny fairground ride as it was circling around in the middle. That was a little disorienting, but that's neither in nor there. Uh, great atmosphere again, constant use of ticking clocks in the background. Like, so I didn't really get to talk about it, but this is part of the course of the show by now. Uh, the two things that drag it down for me are the weak opening. Hmm. I mean, it's the one time, so it's not the end of the world. If it keeps pulling this shit, though, then I am going to get really mad at it because I don't, I don't care for crappy, like, you know, deliveries on uh, cliffhangers. Uh, and of course, Crone's arrival at the end, like coming in, like you know, again, car crash. <laughs> but otherwise, it delivered really well on everything it sounds to do. We've got more information on the mystery, got more characters. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I will end up giving this episode. This is going to be one of those rare occasions where I rate an episode higher than Doc. So mark your calendars, folks. Holy shit! Uh, I'm going to give this episode four point two five overly ornate keys out of five. Because I mean, it's just, why, why does that key look like that? Fuck hell! It's like the no, I know, wait, I've seen it before. That key is from Legend of Zelda. Da, 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 da. It has to be. It's too ornate. Opens the fucking dungeon or the night or the boss room. Keys with this sigil, doors with this sigil will now be open. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, they built the entire like house. They brought like five giant dude monsters to build the entire house in like three days, and then one of them took the same three days to make this key. It's ridiculous. It's like with his giant monster hands, like touching the tiny keys. Like, yes, I will put a wing here. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> this is gonna look oh, great oh, on the hammer. Maybe if I make it any hard here. <laughs> Carving with his fingernail and like the tiny like liquid yes, gold. Yes, no, he, he has like massive dude hands <laughs> and like small human sized like like key cutting tools. It's like. Reminds me of, uh, for some reason, uh, have either of you ever read the book uh, by Pearl Buck called The Good Earth? Uh, it's nope. a, it's told from the point of view of a like either preteen or early teen uh, American girl who's um, well, she's born in China, but her parents are Chinese missionaries and they live over there for a while and then move back to the states at the end. But anyway, there's a there's a character in there. A, spoilers. Yeah, I know, I know, spoilers. <laughs> Uh, it's not really about the, <laughs> the plot, but like there's a character who is uh, a chef who makes these butter pagodas and he's always like carving stuff into them with his long fingernails and it grosses people right, out. Right. <laughs> I've seen that somewhere. Like, so, uh, I'm getting like so many images in my brain of like anime from stuff that we've said today. And I'm like, oh, where have I seen this before? You really, you really do watch anime. Secrets out. No, that's gonna make you wake no. up in the night. You just get this, like what? No. 
Well, it wasn't me. I didn't watch the anime. It wasn't me. It uh, wasn't me. I think on take it back on the uh, take it back on uh, with that Shaggy reference. We're going to end oh our God. podcast, our YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us, everyone. This has been a very meandery uh, episode, <laughs> meandery. very jokey, but it's been oh very enjoyable. I hope you all enjoyed it as well. Please follow us at What Are We Desho to see when we're going to go live, to see when podcasts drop, uh, other special streams when we reach various milestones and things like that. Um, you can watch each of us uh, on our Twitch channels. Follow us on our, our Twitter accounts, which now we'll all tell you about. Shadon, where can people find you? Uh, uh, you can find me at Shane1010 on Twitter. And on Curious Cat, uh, you can find me in the pub, whichever pub that may be nearby. Uh, I'm also in clubs. I'm also generally around. I'll be at tournaments coming up in Manchester fairly soon, and also in Liverpool. Uh, yeah. Eh, that's yeah. about it, really. Come buy me a pint. That's what I think of when I think of Liverpool. Is just <laughs> Wayne Rooney going, eh. Eh. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going to tell him it's Wayne Rooney is like a human being and just like an amorphous muscular mass designs to play football. But he certainly doesn't have a brain. Oh, that's true. Uh, Vorgalia. Where can people find Vorgalia? Okay, they can find me at Vorgalia. Very good. Thank a- a- anyway, yes. Thank you. Um, I guess I'm not playing Tekken today. Whatever. Uh, they can not only find me at Vorgalia, uh, I'm going to be on... Um, at, I'm going to be at Destination Fight 5 Ooh. this weekend. So I'm going to get destroyed at Tekken over the weekend. If, you, if you're coming to DF, you can come say hi. Or something. Come punch me in the face. It's like, oh my god, your voice is annoying. I hate you. That would never happen. No, pun- no punch them in Tekken. Don't, don't physically right. hurt Okay, 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 okay. Confine your punches to the world of <laughs> fighting games, electronics. Uh, at the subtle doctor is where you can find me on Twitter and uh, Twitch. Just search for that, and you will find me. Um, and I say again, we all thank you. Thanks for sticking with us. Thank you, Cheers, everyone. We say it at the end of every episode, and we'll say it again. Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Smooch. <laughs> Sorry. Where's the ending music? Ah, we have some some technical difficulties. If you please wait while Shadon makes funny faces. Uh, Shadon, who are we sponsored by this episode? Is that uh, an axe body spray or... It's sure for men. (laughs)